0: This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Green. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. We just saw Lucifer rise.
1: You're a zombie. I'm a taxpayer. It's
0: time for season five. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we talk about every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Chris, how are you today, man? What's going on? What's happening in the world of Chris Moser?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty good, but my hunks are in trouble, and yep. uh, we mm-hmm. need to do something about it. So um. We
0: need to uh, dis- just discuss in just the most detail possible all of their emotions while they're in trouble. That's what, we need. That's what we're we going to get into today.
1: It's the it's only way that I know to help them. <laughs>
0: Uh, these are going to be a couple of really good episodes. We get introduced to a, uh, to like a mainstay of the series, which is always awesome. And then, uh, and then our boys, uh, you know, spend some time being dead, which is always (laughs) a good time for, for our our supernatural boys for sure. Before we get too far into that, uh, we do want to talk about our Patreon for a little bit. Uh, We have one. If you go and and pledge to our Patreon, you get cool stuff. Uh, And it also allows us to do cool stuff like do a role-playing game based on the TV show Supernatural, which I'm extremely excited about. Um, And also uh, do like episodes on the comics and things like that. And you also get like cool exclusive stuff like access to our Discord. So go check that out patreon.com slash monster of the week uh chris do you want to read our two or do you want to say thank you to our two people this week
1: yeah i'd love to do that um i don't have the list
0: <laughs> i just put it in the chat I'd, i was gonna see if you actually remembered who it was and so the people that we had oh i did remember know.
1: who it was but okay um yeah this week we are saying thank you to our friends brian wade and audrey lee
0: Yes, uh, you may remember Br- Brian Wade from uh, Just Being the Worst on the Internet, and our good friend Audrey was on our Season 3 feedback episode, and uh, she's been a big supporter of the show, and she always talks with us and talks about Supernatural with us in our Discord, so extremely cool people, and thank you both. Thanks, guys. Hit us with that road so far, Chris. Let's get into it. Oh,
1: you want me now? Okay, first you sent me on a, a little trip to mm-hmm. go and read names. Now you sent me back yep. to read The Road So Far, mm-hmm. written by friend mm-hmm. of the show. Um, blank. Fill fill that in. Wow. Okay. Good. Fill Just it, f- your it name it in, here. <laughs> fill it in and post.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll so definitely far. fill that in for in post. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Last time on Supernatural, the hunting brother duo Sam and Dean Winchester got themselves tangled up in yet another mess. We saw them tangled with Cupid, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Anna, hell bent on killing Sam, and some time traveling shenanigans. All in pursuit of stopping Big Bad Lucifer, and
0: they—they're not having a great time of it, Chris. They—they um, no. they went no. back in time and and did all this all these shenanigans with their mom and pop and affected absolutely no change whatsoever. And then no. uh, they have this this whole issue with the Cupids, and that turns out to be a fucking horseman of the apocalypse, like yeah. just straight up a horseman. And making people eat each other while they have sex with one another, which is super gross and bad, and nobody should do that.
1: Like that's, that's just that. just another day in the diary of Sam Winchester. Just, you know just, what I mean?
0: Just another day, just another Thursday, as this wiki uh, I think is used <laughs> yes. in these episodes that the wiki so helpfully points out as a reference to the fact that the show comes out on Thursdays. Which thank you. We, Supernatural.wikia.com. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being there for us. The first episode we're going to discuss today is called Dead Men Don't Wear a Plaid, written by Jeremy Carver, directed by John F. Showalter. It aired on March 25th, 2010. Sam and Dean investigate Bobby's hometown, where the dead are rising from the grave, but instead of attacking humans, they are happily reuniting with their families. The brothers turn to Bobby for help, but he tells them not to worry about it and to leave town. Suspicious, Dean investigates and comes face-to-face with Bobby's dead wife, who has no memory of what happened to her. Once the zombies start turning evil, the boys tell Bobby he has to kill his wife, but he refuses. Whew. Wow, that's... Okay. our, uh, our, Our friend of the show, Blank, is really having a just a good time writing these descriptions huh
1: yeah and uh, i'm pretty sure that bobby's wife does remember everything so like this description is not only full of spoilers but also inaccurate
0: well the, at at first the the viewer is told that she doesn't remember and then later oh, on right, in the episode right. it's revealed that if she does in fact remember so something we can we can definitely cover uh i it, as a whole i think this episode is really good it's uh it's a little bit over the top with the zombie action at the end like i feel like they start the thing by saying like oh hey 15 zombies have have been raised and they're all hanging out with their families and at the end of the episode sam and dean are kill approximately like forty seven thousand zombies like they're just yeah. constantly coming <laughs> and they're this, all like extremely this... athletic zombies too
1: <laughs> they really are this definitely feels like something that was on like a bucket list for supernatural they're like we, we mm-hmm. want to do a zombie episode we want to have the boys fighting off a horde of zombies I mean, for 2009 or whatever this was, 2010, maybe this, this fulfills that, you know, it, it's not bad. It is, it's very TV zombie, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Uh, it's definitely not fact, bad. I'm, this is the only episode of Supernatural that my mom has ever seen. When it okay. aired, I watched it with mm-hmm. my mom for some reason. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but that's a, uh, that's a thing. What did, uh what did Mama Mosher think? She, um, she just thought that they were both really handsome and that's kind of what she was all about.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, this is a, uh, this is a good episode. I think that they do a lot of cool stuff in this that I didn't know that I wanted aside from zombie stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, introducing Jody Mills and having it set in Bobby's hometown, I thought was like a really cool idea. We never get any kind of hometown stuff except for like the few times that the boys have gone back to Lawrence for whatever. It doesn't feel like their home though. It just feels like their past or like. Bobby Singer, he lives here. He's here every day. Like, that's where his house is. Uh, it was only a matter of time before the boys got, like, tangled up in something in that town.
0: Yeah, and I like the way that this is introduced. So let, let's get into the episode so we can talk about it, because it's it's early on one of my favorite scenes. Uh, first, our, our cold open is basically just a zombie rising from the grave and, like, killing a, zo- a 70s stereotype. Like, a dude with a mullet yeah. and, like, a yeah. a beer in his hand, like, watching some animal planet, like... This dude doesn't seem like he's doing really anything wrong. He seems like, to me, he's having a great Saturday night. Like, this is a good time. Like, just I'm all alone. There's nobody bothering me. My phone's not ringing. I, I don't have any podcast responsibilities. I'm watching a little Animal Planet, and I'm drinking some cold beer out of a glass bottle. This sounds like a great time. And what
1: happens? He's
0: murdered. And it, it does turn out that he's he's definitely a shitbag. Like, he definitely murdered the zombie that's murdering him. So
1: I really like how they uh, lean into, like, the camp, because that's what zombie movies are. They're always can't be and you know the George a Romero stuff they've got the the animal documentary playing in the background that's talking about like you know a hunter stalking its prey meanwhile the the zombie is like coming towards the suit. it's all very very silly but I think it's in like a cool fun horror way
0: yeah this is this is all really fun uh and filmed well like I'd, again I'd it's something that uh, I always want to stress, at least once per episode, that the episodes are just like the episodes of Supernatural that we watch are just extremely well put together. Like there's a yeah. craftsmanship to the show that I think is even here, you know, seven eight years later is is still very very good. Um, after the cold open, after we're done killing this dude, uh, we we go into a like you know just a small town diner uh, Dean and Sam pretending to be FBI agents discussing the fact that they haven't heard from Bobby in a while and uh, they're going to meet someone named Digger uh, Digger is a guy who gave himself his own nickname yeah, I of love Digger
1: the, I <laughs> love that Dean had to ask him like where'd you get that nickname
0: yeah and the response is like who died and made you queen and like Dean does that like great Dean reaction of like yeah. excuse me what did you just say to me
1: I love the idea of Dean being like kind of threatened by the fact that he might think the name Digger is cool so yeah. he's like what the hell? <laughs> like, not gonna, not gonna call this guy out for being cool.
0: But Diggers saw this whole thing. He saw Clay Thompson, our zombie, uh, uh, break into uh, Benny, who is our nineteen zom- seventies uh, stereotype. Yeah, um, they saw Clay break into Benny's little like shitty trailer and then this guy this
1: this guy benny was like a bully in a Stephen king novel
0: exactly yeah he was literally like like from the books because the movie didn't really get into it but literally like one of the bullies from it grown up (laughs) like that's basically the entire character right there um (laughs) and digger explains that in fact it was benny that killed clay originally um and during this conversation who shows up but uh friendly neighborhood sheriff jody mills Uh, And I love this scene because, number one, she's like it's a competent woman in Supernatural, which is pretty much a male-dominated show. But also she kind of calls them on their bullshit from the beginning. She's like, who are you? Why didn't you check with me before you started interviewing with my townsfolk? You know, who is your boss? Uh, They hand her the card. She calls. And, of course, Bobby answers from his, like, grid of telephones. And he's like, this is so-and-so from FBI. And she says, is this Bobby Singer? (laughs) And, (laughs) And everybody freaks out. And it's so fucking delightful.
1: Even I freaked out a little bit i've seen this episode a million times and i was just like oh yeah that's right she knows
0: bobby <laughs> so of course this this doesn't get very far and uh i don't they don't really talk about like what like, they don't really resolve this too much they basically like um we're we're just gonna go basically <laughs> yeah yeah uh so at this point they go meet up with bobby right and they're like hey bobby what, what's going on um not like this that sage francis song hey bobby but a different just hey bobby uh <clears throat> but the body basically just brushes them off, right?
1: Yeah. They they're just trying to call him out for like cleaning his house and he's like, "Yeah, what? I'm not allowed to clean. I got nothing else to do around here." Uh and yeah, they he doesn't he's like, "Yep, there there's nothing here. There was, maybe he suggests that there was a case there, but it's all set now, like they don't need to be there, which is very uh un Bobby of him." Um
0: yeah, he. they even go to the point of, like, where there's lots of weird signs, there's lots of demon omens, you know, we, we're seeing some suspicious stuff, and he says, like, oh, no, don't worry about it, I checked all those out, and they're like, what about the lightning storms? He's like, well, it's it's the Midwest in the spring, we're, it's a lot of storms, yeah. Sam, I don't know what the fuck you're looking for, and yes, my hair is is, is very well coiffed right now for no reason that we're going <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> um um. Yeah, so they they leave, and on the way out, Dean's like, "Hey, let's just go ahead and stop by the cemetery." And, and sure enough, they they go to Clay Thompson's grave, find a bunch of fresh dirt, and find a, a casket that's empty. So they they immediately know what's what's happening. Um, and I, I love that our our hunks like their their train of thought is not to go back to Bobby not to not to like stake the place out or anything. They just immediately break into Clay Thompson's old house who presumably just has his widow in it, right? Like just has yeah. the rest of his family. Well, in if it.
1: we know anything about Sam a Deed is that they have no regard for for widows <laughs> in their personal space. That's
0: absolutely true. It's just so funny to me that they break into so many goddamn houses.
1: It's and like they definitely get away from the grieving woman thing a little bit after season 1, but like they're it's it's in their blood. It's in the Winchester blood to break into the homes of grieving women.
0: And it, it is absolutely in the Winchester blood to do this. It, is, it
1: just so happens, uh, but old buddy uh, Clay Thompson here, still alive, still kicking. Just went back home.
0: Yeah, he just he's just chilling, uh, and he's extremely terrified of Sam and Dean, as you might be. Um. <laughs> yeah. And as they're kind of like walking him out, uh, who shows up but our friend Sheriff Jody Mills, who is not concerned that this this citizen has returned from the dead and is hanging out, uh, but is very much concerned that Sam and Dean are like carrying guns around her town and probably promptly arrest Dean and Sam, takes them to jail. And uh, there's a there's an exchange here where I think it's Clay that or uh, Dean says something to Clay and is like, "You're a zombie," and Clay's like, "I'm a taxpayer." That yeah. I just very much like they're, again. There's something that Supernatural does extremely well, which is just get in these little one-liners and otherwise relatively serious scenes.
1: Also, it's important to note that Sam is like, well, we can't kill him, right? Because he's a soccer dad or whatever. Just Sometimes it feels like they just throw in those little things. Like, well, Sam's the one who who likes the monsters, right? Yeah, okay, no, no. I just added it to the script somewhere.
0: Sure, yeah. I'd... It doesn't really fit with what Sam is, is has been going through at this yeah. point. Like it fits more yeah. with like season one and two. Sam, uh, season five. Sam seems very much like he would just murder every single zombie that ever came up out of the grave immediately, without any concern for anybody's. Like
1: Will be. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so at this point, Bobby has to come and, and get them out of jail, basically. Um, and obviously, we already know that he and Jody know each other. But up until this point, he has been. It, from her eyes, has been portrayed as a menace to Sioux Falls, the the, the town that they're in. Um, he has, like, drunken disorderlies, you know, all these little, like, things on his record. Stuff that you, I guess you could imagine Bobby or any hunter getting up to. Um, Bobby, I think, is a unique case because he's, he's a hunter who stays in one place. He has a house. Uh, but, um, yet Bobby's able to come and get the boys out of trouble, so I think it starts to lead into there being some sort of more Understanding between uh, him and Jody, some sort of greater relationship than just a dude that is a menace to her town. Like if if she's going to take his word to let them out, then it's going to mean something.
0: Absolutely. And uh, when they go back to Bobby's house, they find that of course Bobby has been lying, and uh, of course like all of the signs that they were Bobby there B. to Lion. investigate, Bobby be lying, Gordon be lurking, Bobby be lying. Uh, they find all of this stuff that they were there to investigate was true, and Bobby's Bobby's ex wife. Um, uh, or not ex-wife, but his, his dead wife is now back and like making just a shitload of apple pies and being like this really creepy looking pale, uh, yeah. housewife chick. Um, <laughs> they, they do a good job of making these zombies, uh, cause we're only going to interact with a couple of them, uh, but they making them mm-hmm. look a little bit not right the entire time. Like they're acting relatively normally. And, uh, like, but it's just, they're a little bit over the top. Like when she comes in, he's like, Bobby says something like it's 4am. Like you didn't have to make food. And she's like, Oh, no big deal. Like, I guarantee you, Chris, I like, I, you're a good friend of mine, but if you showed up at my house at 4am, like do not expect like a meal. Like it's right. not, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> I can just tell you that you, you might get a cup of coffee if you're in mortal danger. That's about <laughs> it. I'd probably just
1: be looking for the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this is this is interesting, and I like the way that they do the zombies. I like that they 're not your typical zombie obviously like, like that wouldn 't mm-hmm. work for this episode anyway um but like you're you 're right they are just a little bit left of center, you know they 're a little bit off um they 're normal enough where Bobby could probably be like, Please, just just let this be real, please let her stay um but at the same time, you know from the outside, Sam and Dean are immediately like, Oh shit, uh you know Dean especially is playing up the whole, oh, this is normal. Nice to meet you. Yes, I'd love some pie. And then immediately like, what the fuck are you doing, Bobby? <laughs> um, and then talking about how, well, what did she climb up out of the grave? Like we've, we found Clay Thomas's grave is empty. Um, but Bobby says that he burned her ashes or burned her body into ashes, I guess. You don't burn ashes. You just you burn bodies mm-hmm. uh, when, when she died. Uh, so there shouldn't be a corpse to be reanimated. Uh, however, he buried her ashes at that same cemetery.
0: And let's remind everybody, uh, we've actually met Karen Singer before, um, way back in season three, when uh, I think it was the Rising of the Witnesses was happening. Like, I think we were still dealing with some seals kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe. Um, some uh, some, some, some ghosts of Christmas past came back to haunt Bobby and Sam and Dean, including... Uh, Oh, man, we just had a whole trivia episode, and I completely have already forgotten this dude's name again. Um, Henry something? What's that dude's name? The agent? What? (laughs) Hendrickson? Hendrickson? Yeah, Yeah. Hendrickson. Val Hendrickson, maybe? Zach Hendrickson? Am I I Uh, close? uh, Victor Hendrickson. Victor Hendrickson, yes. And also uh, the the woman that Ruby had possessed came back to haunt uh, Sam and Dean. But Karen was there, and, like, we learned that uh, Bobby – had to, as his, like, kind of intro into hunting 101, of course, had to murder his wife who was possessed by a demon because he didn't know really anything about what was going on. Uh, So, like, that's obviously left a lasting effect on that. Yeah, John
1: Winchester thinks he had it bad, no.
0: Yeah, seriously. Like, what are you even doing? (laughs) Just because, like, it's really surprising to me that just with the age thing, like, Bobby and Karen didn't have kids, too, by the way. So,
1: I don't think they. They just had dogs. Season one, Bobby has a dog. That's true. I'm pretty sure that dog is dead, which is very
0: sad. Ruby murders that dog right before she gets exercised by by Sam and Dean. So just, uh, yeah. I wonder if that dog even had a name. It was something like... Oh, yeah, it did. It was, um... It was Rumsfield. Do you remember? It was the fucking, it Jeremy was remembers the
1: dog's name.
0: <laughs> Arguably the dog is more likely. But he doesn't know what year the Impala is. 1969, I told you. It's always 1969.
1: It's still wrong. <laughs> you know, my, my mom had a 1969 Impala when she was growing up.
0: Did she really? Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting podcast that would be about your
1: mom. About my mom's uh, 1969 uh, Chevy Impala that she had for two years in high school. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Uh, anyway, so... They see all this stuff. They also Bobby also tells them that like 15 other zombies have been raised, including Sheriff Mill's uh, son, which is explains why Sher- Sheriff Jody is like so chill about all this stuff. Yeah, um, and he thinks it's uh, based on his readings from Revelation that this is the Horseman Death coming to, uh, you know, coming to walk the world, walk the earth. Yeah. Uh, Dean, as you mentioned, Chris is basically insisting on like you you know what we have to do here. Uh, but, of course, Bobby, who believes that his wife doesn't remember that he had to kill her and only remembers that they were together and that she died, just wants to capture this good time together. Uh, he
1: says something real sad here. Yeah,
0: when she when she starts singing in the background, and you can hear it in the audio mix, uh, he's like, you know, I never, I never expected to be able to hear that again. She always did this when she cooked, and now I can hear it, and this is all I want. Like, I can't – and almost begs Sam and Dean, which shows you, like – because normally he's a, he's very much the the bossy authoritative father figure with these two, but now he's begging them mm-hmm. like, please, please leave her be. Like, le- this, let me have this.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's opening up another piece of Bobby that we haven't seen before. I mean, we know that he's got this pain, but that that's such a very real thing to add into to into the character, into the script, whatever. Just about how she hums when she cooks. I never thought I'd hear it again. It's one of those very real, very sad things that you, you don 't think about until you've, after you 've lost somebody mm-hmm. and it''s, it's yeah it's a very poignant thing for Bobby, who pretty shortly after this kicks the boys out at gunpoint um, that 's where he 's at mentally with with dealing with the return of his wife and yeah, the- it 's kind of hard to blame him for this
0: totally yeah i can I can Definitely see his dead wife taking priority over this adopted hunter family of his, 100%. Right.
1: Like, yeah. he's only a hunter because his wife died, because he yep. had to kill his wife. So having his wife back, it's like, sets him back into that mindset before she was gone, almost. There's
0: a, there's some, the, this, the episode starts kind of jumping around a little bit, because Dean and Sam split up so they can handle different tasks, and it's, it's kind of hard to keep up with, but... Uh, Dean is basically on Bobby duty, uh, which lasts all of about five seconds until Karen finds him out outside the salvage yard is basically (laughs) like, come in, honey, let, let me make you some lunch. Uh, and like, he just starts gobbling down her pies. Um, and there's this exchange, uh, between Karen and Dean where Karen says like, you know, I, I do remember everything. I know what he is. I know what you are. And the line that I love so much is you hunt things. I'm a thing. Like yeah. just that—that that self-recognition of what what she is and of what she could possibly be capable of—I think—is extremely powerful. And basically saying, like, I, I remember everything, but it's not my job to to tell my husband that. It's my—it's—it's it's my job to bring him peace, not pain. Like that's—that's that's some powerful shit right there. That's mm-hmm. that's some good stuff. That's some good—that's some good stuff.
1: That's some good stuff, and it's giving us more than you know. Th- these aren't your your typical zombies. Obviously, we've seen that, but we saw what's his name Clay go back to his family and. And claim that he's a taxpayer, you know, he's not a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he knows full well that he rose from the grave. Uh, and I'm glad that we're seeing that here, too, is that she's exceptionally human in, in the fact that she's keeping things from Bobby because she wants to make it easier on him. Uh, she wants to make him feel better and to to give some more happiness to this like short amount of time that they're probably going to have together again. Um, she's not hiding it from him because she's afraid that He'll kill her. He's just she's just hiding it because she wants to make him happy. Which is a very human thing to do.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's something that's, like I said, powerful. And having this conversation with Dean and hiding it from her husband, I think, is really fascinating too, because it's, it leaves Bobby at this at this point of not having all of the information. Even though deep down Bobby knows what's gonna have to happen. Yeah. Like he just hasn't accepted it yet. Uh, meanwhile, Sam has been on an expedition around the town to uh, go check out Sheriff Mills place and he sees her and her husband like doing the the loving family thing with her her very very young toddler son and uh, and then he goes to investigate Ezra Jones, who is another name on his list uh, and like this like crazy, weird Mrs. haversham. Like disgusting bullshit is some of the grossest stuff in this episode that's filled with Sam and Dean headshotting a bunch of zombies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is so gross. They just wanted to obviously play something up for humor here. Because Sam walks in on this woman who is just like a decrepit dying zombie lady. I mean, there's mm-hmm. really no other way around it. And who's just motioning for him to come closer. And he's like, I'm, no, I'm good here.
0: Uh. <laughs> he said, like, can you think it could just speak a little louder? From, like, I could just hear it from over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 he says, you, you think maybe you can just tell me from here? No. <laughs> um, and she just, like, keeps waving him closer, and he's like, okay. Like, he already knows where this is going. He gets closer and closer, and sure enough, uh, she attacks him, throws him on the ground, and then, I'm sorry uh, to say this, she just comes on his face because that's what it looks like, and it's
0: disgusting it's really it's really gross it looks like green semen is launching from her mouth onto this dude's face and i i feel bad for sam in the fiction and i feel super bad for jared padalecki in the real world <laughs> having to deal with this he's like
1: how come i didn't get to have the heart to heart with <laughs> yeah.
0: Wife? Yeah. fucking J- jensen is over there eating apple pies and burying his soul and i'm getting vomited <laughs> on by a, by a gross ass old mrs haversham <laughs> this is not a good time for old jared uh he, he does fight her off though and discovers that her husband uh, who they eventually named was was there as well and she just straight up like ate up that dude um, yeah. and that's that's not great um, and this when is yeah
1: old-fashioned headshots are-
0: just just a, a great this this episode like if you want to start counting some headshots like I love it when they show the boys being proficient at firearms because boy are they proficient at firearms Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is where sam meets back up with dean and they go to bobby to try to convince her like hey try to convince bobby excuse me that uh hey like these zombies aren't aren't going to last like they're already starting to turn and you're going to have to deal something and that's when he draws down and says uh if Karen turns i will handle it my way and and yeah. just makes them get off his property and says yeah, that like it's the, time for is the you point to where go
1: he kicks out. yeah get off um, my
0: property i like that i like that bobby's like get off my property that's just that's real like a like a real like old like grumpy man thing to say
1: yeah <laughs> it's a it's a real body move um mm-hmm. so she the woman that uh that attacked sam it was the first to rise from her grave so they know that you know that, that the clock is ticking basically that's sort of the parameter um and then i think it's is this when we cut to to jody mills or is that uh are we not there yet yeah no it is it's it's jody with her taking care of her very sick son who's just like a a little boy and he's got a crazy fever and she's on the phone with the doctor and and she's um, and he's
0: saying that she's that he's hungry that that, please feed me i'm so hungry
1: and i think that at that point when when the scene started um it doesn't necessarily key you in right away it's just i think it's you know it could be taken as this busy woman who has to deal with so many things taking care of her sick son, also there's zombies rising. They might not correlate necessarily, um, but I mean, pretty quickly we figure out like, oh shit, uh, this isn't normal because her son isn't just sick. Her son is actually back from the dead.
0: No, absolutely not. <laughs> this son is, uh, he's he's a zombie, Chris, and he eats his father, which yes, he is uh, a. Eats- has has to be the most aggressive form of patricide that we've ever seen, at least yeah. in the show. Like maybe, maybe in fiction, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Eating your father is definitely like it's
0: a it's big deal. There. Yeah. yeah. Does it count as patricide if you're a zombie while you eat your father?
1: Um, I don't know. That's a good question,
0: listeners. If you're out there, that's at motwcast. <laughs> if you want to answer that particular <laughs> bombshell question for us, uh, at this point we go back to. Uh, bobby and uh karen has collapsed and she has some of that like green jizz coming out of her mouth as well so he kind of puts her up in the bedroom upstairs and is kind of you know talking to her and this is where she confesses like hey uh you know i actually remember everything uh i remember that you had to kill me and i think it's you know you're gonna have to do it again this is extremely emotional like uh bobby really just just Pulls this off in a way that is just extremely impressive. Not, not surprising because uh, I
1: can't remember the dude's name
0: right now. But he, Jim Beaver. D- Thank you, Jim Beaver is such a great actor in everything that he does. I
1: believe but, that he is a widower as well. Is it okay? Well, that, I can't. That does I not. can't be totally sure, but I, I believe that he's his, his wife passed away. I don't actually know that, but I know that he's a single parent. I can tell you that much.
0: I could see that. I could definitely see that. So it's um, almost
1: like more affecting as he's just begging his wife to not make him have to do the worst thing he ever did again
0: and importantly before he he finally submits and 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 kills her she tells them that uh she met a figure when she came out of the graveyard and that he had a message for bobby and it was a skinny kind of terrifying looking man um and then at this point dean is like about to break into the house because he's worried about bobby um and As he walks in the room, he hears the gunshot and realizes that Bobby has taken care of this. And that's when this turns into just a full-on, like, Day of the Dead episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Sam and Sheriff Mills um, have this, like, scene where uh, Sam breaks into the house to prevent uh, her son from killing her. And then has to go in and, like, shoot her son in the head as she watches. Like, she doesn't watch it, but she knows what's going on. That's extremely affecting. Like, that's terrible.
1: Yeah, it just feels like a lot of terrible things are just happening very fast to these people. But it's because it's a zombie episode. I don't want to say that it's treated lightly because there's so many affecting scenes with Bobby and even Jody. Uh, but they're just like, OK, yep, kill your son. You want to help us kill some more zombies, please? <laughs> and I think I think that that is, again, her son had already died. This is not she knew that this wasn't right, almost in some ways more so than Bobby, probably. Um, Because Bobby has faced these things so many times, dealt with them so many times, that he's almost numb to them and mm-hmm. can think, like, well, you know, Dean has come back from hell before. Maybe my wife is back. Maybe I can have her back. Um, whereas Jody is just like, okay, that's not supposed to happen. Um, what the hell?
0: But is willing to go along with it because, as you imagine, might imagine, from a son that it lost their, or excuse me, from a mother that lost their, uh, infant or not their infant their child at a young age like willing to do almost anything to to be able to accept that this is real um right. of course up to the point where the child starts eating its own father in which case sure like, okay well maybe maybe this is a bad one maybe we'll send it back to the cemetery and the next time it resurrects it'll be fine we'll get a good yeah. one this time no that's not
1: so uh after this traumatic experience Sam and jody go to basically arm the town and get everybody ready because this is happening like there's this is not a zombie apocalypse because there's a different kind of apocalypse happening right now um but this is like you know an offshoot of the apocalypse There's zombies rising up in this one town
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's been happening to a lot of people because a lot of people are buried in that cemetery uh and it isn't something that they can just ignore it's something that they, they have to address with the town and i really like that jody is a part of it i like that that again the town is a part of it we don't care we don't give a shit about any of these people and it doesn't matter but i just like the idea of that happening in the world of supernatural where like finally this is the apocalypse shit's popping off. Mm -hmm. You can't hide it anymore. Like there are going to be incidents like this where an entire town, you got to hand them guns and they have to go and do something. Just like when war showed up, uh, this time, I guess this is death. This is all because of the horseman death. I don't know if we really get into that too much. Um, Not
0: really. They they basic. Bobby basically says that it's the horseman death, but they don't. Right. Like we don't meet death. We don't take death's ring. We don't. We don't do any of that stuff. So don't go out to dinner with him. Anything like they, that? Go out to dinner. We don't. We don't go see Blade Runner twenty forty nine in a movie theater because it's really really long. Like he wants to sit there <laughs> at, a, at the movie theater for three hours. Um Give us an intermission, guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Just one intermission. I'm gonna to have fine.
1: to pee. I'm gonna. I'm
0: gonna have pee. to pee. Like it's I'm a I'm I'm a thirty I'm a year old man. Or yeah, something. I've been
1: drinking for two hours before <laughs> this. I, I already have to
0: pee. <laughs> um. But yeah, they they go and arm this town, and uh, and, and like you said, I, I like this a lot. I like that the fact that the the, the boys are having to interact with townspeople. Uh, we won't cover it uh, on this week's episode, but uh, on next week's episode, there's an episode that uh, there's an episode of the show. God, I, we really need to figure out other, some other synonyms besides episodes because I get tired mm-hmm. of saying that word. Uh, but there is uh, an episode of of this show of supernatural that an installment there's an installment thank you an installment uh but for now uh sam is explaining to the townspeople what's going on as he's arming them and uh one of them is like where did you know where did uh, there's some joke with the town drunk thing where he basically says like yeah you know uh i'm getting all of my information like digger told us and you know i know that i know you don't trust him because he's the town drunk and somebody's like wait a minute digger's not the town drunk and he's like oh he's where did you hear this from he's like well bobby singer's like no bobby singer is the town drunk what are you <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah. um i can i can just totally picture uh bobby singer getting like lit up and uh you know like wheeling himself to the post <laughs> yeah. office and like what do you mean you don't sell stamps after four o'clock it's only 402 <laughs> god damn it yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just getting just with a bottle of jack just yelling at some poor postal service r- workers
1: i could very much see bobby using that as a cover for his behavior as well Um, As a hunter who is stationary, it's probably hard to get any real hunter work done without getting noticed from time to time. So either he or Jody Mills perpetuates the idea that he's just a ridiculous town drunk. Although that's just a a flight of fancy because he's probably just the town drunk.
0: He's, yeah, he's probably just been drunk a yeah. lot in his past, too.
1: He's, he's, he spends 95% of his time alone. So.
0: Like, imagine if Dean didn't have a quest and a brother, right? right. <laughs> like, right. And, and also, like, it was really hard for him to drive. Like, he would probably be a... Be a <laughs> like, it would be the exact same thing. He just would not be taking care of himself and would be yelling at the people delivering him his bacon cheeseburgers. So. Right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, as they're doing this, uh, Dean and... Bobby get jumped by zombies, and they just like just have a big shoot off. Like Dean mm-hmm. runs out to go chase some, and then some like come after Bobby. They meet up again. Like I'm not going to go through all of those action no. scenes. I, th- I think it's, it's just good. an action scene. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, fun. it's like it's like the zombie movie that you've always seen in your life. Right. That's that's what that is.
1: I remember being pretty psyched that that it was happening, just because zombies were very big a few years ago. I mean, I guess in some circles they still are, but that was a like straight up fad. Um, And I was a young man, so I was definitely into all that stuff. And it was cool to finally see Sam and Dean take part in that um, and just have a good old-fashioned shootout, like, you know, barricading themselves in the house. Um, the only thing that I, that I noticed is that, like, they shoot a couple people and then they're like, okay, Dean starts wheeling Bobby or Bobby starts wheeling himself. And there are zombies coming, like, jumping over the cars in Bobby's junkyard. And Dean, with his shotgun, is just shooting from the hip just yeah. just firing shots <laughs> off and i get it he's, he's putting out a good spray he's trying to you know hold him back we, you got to kill a zombie with a headshot we know that that's the thing mm-hmm. so dean dean he's got to be aware that he's not going to kill anything but he's, he's putting out the spray he's trying to hold him back i get it he's, he's he's shooting zombies like i would be if i was playing a first-person shooter because i'm terrible at video games but <laughs> then they get in the house and dean's like oh shit i'm out of ammo well dean let me tell you something If you hadn't been spraying ammo all over the place, you wouldn't be in this predicament. But anyway. You gotta conserve for the
0: boss fight. You gotta conserve for the boss fight.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then they go hide in the closet, which Dean is already used to doing.
0: So, and also they, they run by one zillion buys on the way there. I don't know if you caught that or not, but like all of the pies that Karen had been making this entire time are just lined up on the counter and they just, they just left not them there at the prop and they just run by, they just run straight by all these pies on the way. And I was like, and it's not caught out at all. It's just in the background, which makes me, which makes it even better for me. Like just the fact that I didn't all even know. That. That's fantastic. Around. That's,
1: that's yeah. awesome.
0: But yeah, they locked themselves up in the closet. Like as you, as you mentioned, Dean is, is, is very familiar with. And uh, Dean immediately says like, don't worry. They're, they idiot zombies they don't know how to pick a lock and then one definitely starts picking the lock yeah it's
1: like oh good idea i love that um when dean says he's out of ammo um bobby says yeah that yeah we do have more ammo whatever it's in the van where we left it and dean is like a simple no would have been fine <laughs> I just, like i love that they're both on edge and it's just crotchety bobby versus a, a new crotchety dean it's is it's exactly what i would want from this
0: I feel like uh, their relationship has changed in a really subtle fashion from um, – mm-hmm. I don't remember the card, the name of the card episode, the one where they played cards for years or whatever. But ever yeah. since Dean was an old man, um, <laughs> the curious case of Dean Winchester where Dean <laughs> yeah. was like an old man and kind of speaking to Bobby on his level, I feel like he still has that as he gets yeah, to in a way younger Dean. <laughs> so it's is, is it always kind of now like a simple fucking no would suffice Bobby. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like what do you, please, Bobby, please. I just really want Bobby, somebody to please. say that in, in the episode. It's um, good stuff. They're uh, they're they're in a bind, and uh, I guess luckily for the rest of the townspeople, all of the zombies decided to come after uh, Bobby and and Dean because uh, Sam and Jody shows up and just murders this lot of zombies, just yeah. one after the other, and it was just a huge spray of blood and an icker, and, ichor. and uh, yeah, save the day.
1: Yeah, I have a uh, I feel like okay, spoilers. Jody Mills shows up several more times because she's mm-hmm. a great character. Sure. Um, I feel like I have a memory of her and Sam teaming up pretty often because it's always Dean and Castiel or Dean and somebody else. But I, who am I kidding? It's probably Dean and Jody because they don't just team Sam up with anybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember that too. And it'll be interesting to see how she pu- shows up because... Um... I feel like that her and Sam make a pretty good like B team and mm-hmm. that's not taking anything away from uh, like Jody or Sam for that matter. But we, we've we seen a lot where t- if they separate the boys, Dean is usually the A plot and Sam is usually the B plot right. uh, for, for whatever reason the show likes to do that. So I think she, she goes well with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think she's definitely hanging out with Sam more than she is Dean, but also like she gets, she gets a lot of good like Jody centric episodes too. So.
1: And it's, I don't know how long it is before we see Jody again. I can't remember, um, but going back, knowing that she becomes a slightly more um frequent character, and then seeing her introduction again for the first time or not for the first time, but seeing her introduction again is she she does have an incredible amount of presence and like seems to fit right into the world of supernatural as like just this tough sheriff who is aware of things, but not condoning them. And like, she's just, she fit very well in. So it's really no surprise that obviously fans liked her so much and that she's able to come back.
0: Mm. -hmm. And then we pretty much. Oh, I do want to call out the uh, the one weird thing where they're murdering everybody and like blood fl- like splatters onto the camera and with the weird dumb CGI effect. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. that feels very of its time. Like that feels like a two thousand nine zombie gore kind of kind of movie or two thousand ten rather. Or let's say two thousand nine because the show is always perpetually a year late. <laughs> um, yes. B- but yeah, that's after this we get our epilogue, which is basically. Uh, Dean, Sam and Jody burning all of the corpses of these zombies for reasons I don't really understand because they just they've already learned that burning doesn't really affect them. But sure, whatever. Like, it's problem solved, I guess, everybody. (laughs) um, I think it's
1: only if they're buried in that cemetery that they were coming back. So I guess if they just take them out back and burn them, then it should be okay.
0: This is a good time to remind everybody uh if you have some control over your local cemeteries like if you're on like the board of graveyards in your local town like maybe insist that they lock those gates up at night like that they sure. know, put a fence sure, around sure, sure. it there's a lot of like really I don't know where you live but down here there's a lot of like family cemeteries that are just in mm-hmm. people's backyards and shit and like in a zombie apocalypse situation, those people are just going to be getting up and walking to the front door. Like, there's no gates yeah. or anything to stop them. You kind of want to, like, herd those bad boys up, huh?
1: Also, there's going to be just a lot of hot guys trying to get in there and dig shit up. So, Yeah, you, you want to keep them out. Stuff up anyway.
0: You want to keep the hunks out and the zombies in. is the goal. Right. That's going to be the right. motto for my cemetery fencing company that I'm starting right now. Hunks <laughs> yeah. out, zombies in. Exactly. There you go. Um. So yeah, our 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 epilogue here is just them burning everything and like basically making sure that everything's okay.
1: Yeah. Uh and then Bobby is having a a private kind of hunter's funeral for his wife. Um again. Uh <laughs> there's some good stuff here because Bobby he's having this funeral again and I think it's Sam who says it to him or Dean. One of them says, you know, at least you got to spend five days with her. And Bobby says, which makes things 5,000 times worse. She was the love of my life. How many times do I got to kill her? Um, And Sam, he did it maybe... he, He does it every episode with Dean. But he does it here, too, where he asks Bobby if he's okay. And he asked Dean if he was okay previously. And he doesn't answer. And it seems like that's kind of becoming the... The trend and I I almost want to say they're doing it on purpose and if the show had more time to like spend on like long shots on characters who aren't saying anything like it was Mad Men or something we would get one of that of like of Sam he keeps asking everybody if they're okay because he either doesn't know how to really connect or really intuit how people are feeling because he's always in his own world or because he just doesn't know what else to do I don't know. Um, but I, I just noticed this pattern of him not only asking people if they're okay, but people just not responding. It's like he's not understanding quite what it's like for all these other people.
0: Yeah, it's 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 interesting because he is he is somewhat removed um, from just having gone through what he's gone through, right? Like being the, mm-hmm. the vessel of Lucifer, like he's somewhat removed from – and having gone through like all of his weird emotions. Like I feel like he's lost some of his humanity in that um, we've learned that Dean – uh, has lost his soul, if not all of his humanity as well. So them trying to reach out to, to Bobby and like kinda not understanding why this is a big deal, I think is is if they had more time to really delve into it, I think the show definitely would have. Uh yeah. but given the, the restraints, Bobby saying, you know, how many times am, am I gonna have to kill her? And then having to immediately drop the like the plot bomb that, oh yeah, Death did this because it was he did this specifically to chase me. Like he did this because I was helping you guys say no to Lucifer and Michael. Like he, he sent my wife and this entire town's worth of of dead people after me because I, you know, I know you guys, um, which is a bummer, (laughs) you
1: know, a little bit of a bummer. It's not (laughs) great. A
0: little bit of a bummer.
1: (laughs) Not super. Uh, I think that it's interesting too, with the Winchesters, Sam did have Jess that he lost somebody who he loved and he lost, but, Losing people that they love or having people be impermanent in their lives, it's just such a normal thing for Sam and Dean that it's almost like they can't fully appreciate what it is like to lose somebody like that. Even though they have lost everybody, so you would think that they would appreciate it more than anybody. Um, But when I really think about it, it's like their whole lives have just been so fucked. They're so different than the other people. That death is just another day of the week. Like, Joe and Ellen was a few weeks ago before that it was ash or whoever you know their dad um each other like somebody is always dying they're always losing somebody so when it comes down to trying to relate to a man who loved a woman lived his life with her had to kill her And then years later gets to be with her again for five days only to have to kill her again. Like, that's just not something that they can fully comprehend. As much as the Winchesters are just founts of beautiful, beautiful emotions, they're also a little (laughs) bit ignorant to what it's like to be a normal person.
0: (laughs) Well, let's, let's think about it because um, they lost their mom, uh, but mm-hmm. both of them were relatively young enough to, for that to not have a, a dramatic effect on their lives. Like obviously it has an effect, and right. Sam barely doesn't, doesn't even really remember who she is or what she was, as we're going to learn in the next episode uh, that we're covering. But uh, for Dean, he was so young that he, was, he wasn't really able to do it. And also, and I'm going to tie this in with John Winchester, losing John, you expect to lose your parents. Like you grow up, kind of. At some point in your life, you realize like you're not going to outlast right. your parents, or excuse right. me, you are going to outlast your parents. Um, they've lost associates along the way, Ellen and Joe, mm-hmm. um, Ash, um, <clears throat> other other hunters in, in their world. They've lost, uh, you know, Sam has lost his girlfriend Jessica, uh, but I would I would argue that the kind of relationship that him and Jessica had probably couldn't touch. Put a candle to the relationship that Bobby and Karen had as being married for for many years. Right. Not saying like, not not wanting to compare those or contrast those, but like, there's just a certain amount of time investment, right? Right.
1: I mean, Sam was living with this woman and living a lie because he didn't tell her about anything.
0: So <laughs> also, he was living a lie because he had not quite understood that any he has sex with the woman, they immediately die afterwards. Right. right. Uh, but I just I'm kind of with you. Like, they don't have the capacity to understand the relationship that Bobby had with Karen, and you know that. A relationship that takes a while to develop that you know to be able to come to those terms with somebody and then to have to murder them is the worst thing that i can possibly imagine and then right. have to have to live it all over again you know so many years later is even fucking worse and not, for, not and this like not forgetting about the point that she already showed up as a ghost once two years ago yeah <laughs> this is the like this is like the third time that he's had to kill this woman it's fucking crazy
1: <clears throat> yeah it's not great um and the boy, I feel like the, the just, Sam and Dean are always just thinking about how they're going to probably have to kill each other at some point or, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. season two, you know, if I can't save you, I'm going to have to kill you, Sammy. Um, it's, the but, it's
0: the supernatural. It's the Superman-Batman problem of Batman right. always trying to figure out how to take out Superman.
1: You know, Sam is already always ready to go dark side or something. Mm-hmm. Dean is always ready to put him down if he does. So they're just, they're a little bit skewed. I think they love each other, but... Bobby's pain is just a different kind of pain.
0: It's true. Uh, Bobby does tell them about death. And then uh, that's pretty much the end of the episode. For the last couple of episodes and the last the episodes after this, uh, I feel like every single episode ends with kind of a... A weird vibe like an uns- unfinished unsatisfied nothing's quite right everything mm-hmm. is bad vibe and uh i think that's one of the most powerful things about this season like they're we've talked about it before but their their inclination not to wrap it up at the end of every episode not to have that like we don't even get dean and sam like over the impala having a beer like wasn't that crazy talk like we don't even get right. that it's just kind of a fade out on bobby looking really sad about his wife and that you know death is now coming to walk the earth and he's basically giving bobby bobby singer the finger like that's a that's a real specific thing and it's it's a bad thing and uh, i think that's works for these episodes in a lot of ways
1: you know what? something random that that kind of worked for me in this episode is and it always works for me when they do it it's just the boys being punters which we got for like the first half of this episode when they were trying to figure out what was going on um I, I mean, they do it in every damn episode, but I never get tired of it when the, they're actually just working together, just sleuthing around trying to figure out a mystery. Like that is the initial draw to Supernatural. Everything else comes later. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever they get back to that, even just for like half an episode, I love it.
0: Sure, me too. And and those and they do a good job. We've talked a lot about um, them tying those basic hunter quest missions for them yeah. into overarching plot. And that's something that like this episode does really well. If that's something that the keep it episode did very well as well. Like, Oh, we just have like these one off thing. Oh no, actually it's a horseman. Uh uh Oh, two horsemen is the other name of this podcast.
1: And like what you said, you know, where every episode ends with that kind of unsettling feeling, I think is what makes, it's a big part of why the season is so good. I um, show like, I don't know, Game of Thrones or Twin Peaks or any, any of these, Shows that either have the, the time, money, budget, or just the. I, Twin Peaks doesn't have any of those things, but it has that kind of artistic integrity to kind of just like be really weird and just do its own thing. Um, Supernatural isn't being really weird and doing its own thing, but it is not giving you satisfaction uh, in a good way. It's withholding satisfaction because it's just building and building and building this big moment, or whatever we're leading to, something bad happening. Um, and I think, I think it works.
0: I think it does too. Well, let's get into this episode because. Let's do it. I have a feeling we're going to be spending some time on this one, Chris. Yeah. Next up is Dark Side of the Moon, written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, directed by Jeff Woolnow. Air date was April first, two thousand ten. Spare spare me your April Fool's jokes. This is not an April Fool's Day episode, thank the Lord. Yeah. Ambushed by angry hunters, Sam and Dean are shot and killed and sent to heaven. Castiel warns Dean that Zachariah is looking for them in heaven, so they need to lay low while searching for an angel named Joshua who can help them since he talks directly to God. While searching for Joshua, the brothers run into some old friends and family members. That was a really long run on Um, sentence there in the middle and told everything that you really
1: kind of need to know about this episode. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, Uh We'll be Mm -hmm. back next week. (laughs)
0: We don't usually spend a lot of time talking about the uh, previously on or the then segment of each episode, but uh, I do want to point out that the then segment on this one is extremely funny because it's just a clip reel of basically every time Sam and Dean have died and (laughs) just about every episode set to a little bit of like funny music, and it's really great.
1: This is probably like the only previously on that I skipped. I watched every single one of them, but this one I skipped. This one
0: was really funny. They go through a bunch of deaths and then uh, kind of tell you about uh, Kaz's search for God. And then also, you know, Dean's amulet is a magical amulet. So, All right. Uh, Well, we're all caught up. Yep. We're into it. Uh, This opens with Dean being woken up with a gun to his face, uh, looking over and seeing Sam also held up by a gun held by different people. Uh, Dean quickly identifies these masked hunters as Roy and Walt. (laughs) i guess it's like some hunter bros that they have those are some uh,
1: hunter ass hunters some
0: hunter ass names uh named after their parents i'm sure uh yeah. <laughs> royfield and walterina or something um it oh,
1: doesn't make any sense still you don't like you walterina name, you name your first son mm-hmm. after your mother and change yep. the name and then you're like number two we'll name him after dad yeah absolutely. again i know i've said it before but sam could go either way it could be a samantha mm-hmm. or a samuel so that's uh, just that, that john should have Win- just
0: been- john winchester's parents name were smith and uh his mom's name was wesson and right. mary winchester just was like no that's too much i'm sorry that's you're already named winchester <laughs> we're not naming these gods smith and wesson winchester yeah. because that's just yeah. too much um but yeah, they they identify these dudes as Roy and Walt uh, who take off their mask and basically are there to uh, kill Sam for starting the apocalypse because it's all his fault that this thing is going, which to me, I get Like there's a little bit of a revenge thing, but like you ain't got nothing else better to do, Roy right. and Walt. <laughs> like, I mean, ostensibly, like I know that you're hunters and like bad shit has to die, but y'all ain't got nothing else to hunt
1: right now. And I th- I think that, I mean, it's a terrible idea, but I'm assuming since Gordon kind of started those rumors. A couple seasons ago, there have been some some bad shit out about Sam for a long time. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. than just him starting the apocalypse, there's always been that kind of probably hushed type of, you know, the psychic kid with some weird shit going on. Like, everybody has probably started to learn about it at this point. Um, but we've never seen anything like this. We've seen plenty of deaths in Supernatural. This one feels particularly violent because as these dudes are kind of, you know, roughing up Sam and Dean, you know, they just they just blow Sam away. They just kill him. They shoot him at point-blank range.
0: And uh, I forget which one, but uh, either Roy or Walt says, "Like now we have to kill Dean. Like he made us. He's seen our faces. And do you really want to live your life with Dean Winchester on your ass for the rest of eternity?" And I'm like, "No, absolutely not." <laughs> like this dude seems like he has a reputation for being very driven, especially over you know family deaths. Like That's mm-hmm. kind of the Winchester deal. Like you've you've played you've hit all of the highlights to get the the Dean Winchester revenge card. And sure enough, they said, "Okay, well." If you can't do it, I will. And, uh, the dude just blows Dean away too. And um, I like that Dean
1: is basically like, yeah, okay, no, no, no. Let's just get the show on the road here because I'm going to come back and I'm going to kill you. Uh, I just like that. He's getting impatient with him. He's like, hurry up and just fucking kill me so that I Mm -hmm. can come back and kill you because I know how this is going to go. I'm too valuable at this point. That, that
0: that casual arrogance of like knowing who he is is something that I've remarked on and, and a couple of a couple of times in this podcast. And uh, I think it's I think it's really fascinating how Dean knowing that he's the Michael Vessel that he's the glistening hunk sword, if you will, yes. is the uh, is, is plays into his ability to deal with these things because he basically just knows like he, somebody's going to bring him back to life. Like he's just too important at this stage right. of the game. Like may, maybe not later. Maybe this will run out at some point. But right now he's gonna be brought back to life. Right. Um, they kill him, and then uh, he wakes up in the Impala to a, uh, a, a version of Knocking on Heaven's Door that I'm assuming that they could afford to get, because it's not the Dylan version and it's not the Guns N' Roses version, so, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, he wakes up to a young Sam Winchester who has a box of fireworks. You know, they've and, used uh,
1: the Dylan version before. Uh, have they? Back in, like, season two or three. I can't remember when it was, but they've, they've used it before. I'm pretty sure it was the Dylan version before.
0: This this might be the Dylan version I I'm, maybe maybe I'm wrong I'm going to look it up on the uh Nope, that's saying it's the Bob Dylan version, so maybe i just... Because they're doing it through the thing where it's like playing over the radio, so yeah, maybe I just yeah, could yeah. quite... It definitely uh, wasn't the Guns N' Roses version, which for some weird reason played in the middle of a college football game I was watching the other day, <laughs> which, <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? What? Why are you playing... Also, Sweet Child of Mine, which at least that has yeah. like a guitar thing, but no, like... They, what is they this? meant to queue up
1: Welcome to the Jungle, but they, <laughs> somebody... <laughs> somebody
0: fat-fingered the disc, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's, this, there's
1: the disc <laughs> skips and it just went to the next track. <laughs> God damn mini
0: disc player! I told you we should have upgraded to an MP3 system. It
1: was the. It was uh, probably the. I had the silver Guns N' Roses CD, like Greatest Hits collection, all mm-hmm. through middle school. That was all I listened to. So they probably had that one. On we can uh,
0: we can get into it because Chris in middle school is when I discovered Guns N' Roses. And can I tell, like, Guns N' Roses, Usual Illusions 1 and 2 were, like, the first two CDs I ever had. Uh, like, they came in, like, the long CD box <laughs> when I got them. I was into Guns N' Roses. Even now, like, I can I, can, I, know I can you sing are, along man. to any Guns N' Roses song you put in front of me. Even I'm before ready.
1: we did a podcast, I knew that you were really into Guns I don't remember why I know that, but I know.
0: <laughs> it's um, not something that, like, comes up a whole lot. Like, it's not, but, like, you know, I am, I am just way into it.
1: Do you listen to, uh, November rain on your birthday every year? Anyway, let's move on. So <laughs> Dean, every Dean year. Is...
0: <laughs> I just pretend, it's, that's how I pretend it's my birthday every month. Chris, <laughs> every uh... pick me up.
1: <laughs> Dean, Dean is back on July 4th, 1996 with young Sam. Um, mm-hmm. and he, he kind of realizes this pretty quickly because it's young Sam, you know, yep. and he thinks he's, he's dreaming or something, but they're setting off fireworks. And, uh, it's some happy memory of Dean's of him sneaking off to uh, you know go set up fireworks with his little brother and then give his little brother his first real uh, Fourth of July. Without it's their important,
0: dad. it's important to remember uh, that yeah, without their dad, Sam says. Uh, dad would never let us do this. Thank you so much, Dean. And like gives Dean a big hug, which just fucking breaks my heart every time I see yeah. it. Like, it's just such the, like a casual emotion thing. This is the same young Winchester, right? This is the same young mm-hmm. Winchester. He's mm-hmm. just grown up a little bit. Okay. Cause yeah. he just looked yeah. a little bit taller. So, um, I don't know why I did a weird thing with taller there. I'm sorry. I won't, I won't it's, do that again. It's
1: definitely changed the way that I think about you, but, um...
0: <laughs> but this is the last episode of monster of the week. <laughs> Jeremy said a word weird. And now Chris is done. <laughs> Um. Uh, so Sam uh, Sam disappears and uh, he Dean starts hearing or no Dean wakes up in the Impala again and over the radio he hears Kaz and Kaz basically tells him like Hey this isn't a dream uh, you died you're in heaven I know you don't believe that you're in heaven but you you, you are totally in heaven yeah. You have to, you have to follow the thing, and, and Dean's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, some, for some people it's a light, for some people it's like a like a hole. Like you have to, you have to. He's like, well, I'm on a road. He's like, you have to follow the road. You have to follow the road. Yeah. And uh, I really Cass like comes, this. There's
1: Cass comes on the radio. And Dean is like, can you stop coming into my dreams? I need some
0: personal time. <laughs> I, need, I need some personal time, Kaz, Please. <laughs> the implication that Cas does this a lot is really great to me. <laughs>
1: And Dean is not, like, entirely against it, but he's at the same time, he's like, also, I do need a minute by myself. He's, he,
0: he's into it 67% of the time, right? And the other, the other th- like, 34%, 33%, he's like, okay, come on, dude, like, I need I need a little bit of time for myself. Uh, he he jumps in the Apollo, goes starts driving down the road, and he arrives at this house. And there's this really beautiful shot of this house with like the aurora borealis. I'm probably saying that wrong. Bore- aurora
1: borealis.
0: Borealis, thank you. Yeah. Borealis is uh, my new jeans brand <laughs> that you can you can buy in any any major jean store. Um, they, but it's just this really beautiful shot of like the lights over the house and the Impala driving up to it. Like it's set pretty far back, so you can see the whole of the house and the Impala as it drives up. I don't, I don't know if you noticed this or not. If this was just me, but I, I really, really like this shot.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really good, and it sets up obviously this very picturesque, um, sort of like suburban dream type thing. Like it's just this picturesque house with this picture, picturesque skyline. Everything looks a way that we don't normally see it in Supernatural.
0: Yeah, and Dean walks in to find uh, a currently-aged Sam sitting at a table (laughs) where a very middle-school-aged Sam once sat, um, and this is his first Thanksgiving. This is his first real Thanksgiving, and uh, he's there with a friend from school who is a girl that obviously has a crush on young Sam Winchester. um, She does grab his thigh. She grabs his thigh, which is a little weird. I, I didn't even really we were talking before this episode and I was I was kinda in my mind picturing that this was young Sam Winchester already. Like it was so bad that I just blocked it all out in my memory and put
1: young Sam in it. <laughs> it's definitely a weird memory to have, but I don't think that uh I don't think that's why <laughs> Sam remembers it so fondly.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's definitely not the thigh grab. It's this probably sense of family and like just um, safety and yeah. uh, stability that, that he likes, and uh, this this sets us up for some creepy stuff. When Dean walks in, Sam gets up, and the family continues along like they're on like kind of a tape track mm-hmm. uh, without him, which is extremely weird. Like we get the scene of the the father asking an absent chair, like "Where's your father? Uh, like what does your father do?" And it's like, oh really, and um, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, Dean is a, a little bit upset about uh, this whole thing because like this is a time that he wasn't with dean and john right like this right. is a time when he was with somebody else um and also there, there's some other things that i want to talk about here and i don't know really know how to do this besides list them number one like uh i think it's sam who says that he remembers the fireworks thing because they burned down the field and i'm like well that wasn't in dean's memory <laughs> like, that's pretty funny <laughs> um and then uh sam makes this comment about well you know i know when you bite dust you go to heaven but blah 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 and i'm like you you do what now <laughs> When you bite you, dust. When you bite dust? <laughs> Excuse me? They just try to work in all these different <laughs> little things in these scripts. Like, there's another one bites the dust by Queen. So, like, I know what you're getting, but, like, nobody has ever said, like, when you bite when dust. bite
1: dust. That's not I, a thing. I swear they just, like, they're not allowed to say killing and dying a certain amount of times. Because there's a certain point where ganking becomes, like, the biggest form yeah. of, like, whoever was writing this was just super into like world of warcraft pvp or they were just like cw's like you can't say killing every other word you have to sure. come up with which doesn't even make sense but they just come up with all these different ways to say things and i'm like just just say the regular words. You can fine. have a
0: zombie top toddler eat his dad. That's totally okay. But please don't say the word kill every once in a while. Like just make it, <laughs> Here's a <what> the <this> <laughs> Keep Keep with the toddler eating dad's thing. That's good. Great ratings on that. But please back off from the killing and the murder. Um So yeah, they uh they basically like they're I think they're having this conversation where Sam is explaining why he likes this place so much and why it was such a memory for him when uh, the house starts shaking and lights mm-hmm. start coming up and they have to hide. And this is kind of typical angel behavior, right? Like we've seen this on yeah. on, on Earth before. Uh, so it's not a surprise when it, it happens here and it goes away. And this is when Dean like starts playing with the radio to try to contact Kaz and eventually like <laughs> – Gets this old TV working uh, and it's like all this like scan line, VCR, out of track kind of kind of thing. And it's – this is always really weird to me when they show videos like this in, in TV shows and movies because uh, – and Logan did this too. Uh, have you seen the movie Logan? I have not. Okay. So there's a scene in Logan where – like basically the plot of the movie is expositioned at Wolverine and it's via this like cell phone video that this nurse took of like a, um, and I'm, I'm, this is not a major spoiler for, for Logan, by the way, this is like maybe midway through the movie, but like sure. she broke in and was like recording all of the bad shit that was going on with this thing. But it's, it's so obviously not a cell phone camera. Like it's so obviously directed. And that's how I feel about this too. That it's just like, okay, like, no, why are you giving him different like camera angles on there, on your <laughs> weird heaven TV phone? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why is this so artfully and, and black and white <laughs> like this was a color tv like it was 1996 castiel's what you
1: learned a lot on earth you know he's just picking up so. up to watching he's been- some uh, experimental filmmakers
0: yeah he's been watching some steven soderbergh joints and yeah. now he's ready to really make his mark on the on the video world
1: um, <laughs> the only way he knows how by talking to dean <laughs>
0: But Kaz explains that uh, they need to avoid these lights because that's uh, Zachariah searching for them. And uh, even though uh, he says that they could probably get to heaven easily, they or get out of heaven easily, he says that this is a rare opportunity because there's an angel in heaven named Joshua that's mm-hmm. been rumored to be talking to God. And when are they else are they going to get this opportunity? And listeners, if you're if you remember, this is Kaz's quest since right. kind of the beginning of the season. He's borrowed uh, Dean's amulet that Sam gave him over Christmas when they were young kids. He says that it's going to. Light up in god's presence um, it's and they say he, so he's been on this quest, and like this is a major opportunity for 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 Castio,
1: yeah um, there's a few things in this episode that I started to think uh, I was on one track before Dean starts to become a little bit more upset with Sam throughout it because all of his memories are suggesting that he just liked being away from them, um, but the first scene with with Dean and Sam he's so happy, Dean is so happy, and Sam is so happy in that memory as well, um, but during that, obviously dean remembers being shot remembers being dead and all that uh, but they have a conversation at the this family's house about how they're in heaven obviously we've covered that but sam suggests that it doesn't make any sense that he is in heaven like he started the apocalypse where he's like dean that makes sense like you're you're a good boy you do good things but why is sam there and i really mm-hmm. liked that for once, it seems like, you know, Dean is really on his side, because he especially coming off of what he just saw with this, this happy memory with Sam, uh, where he's like, you had good intentions. And I, and Sam says something along the lines of like, you know, the road to heaven is not paved with good intentions. Um, but but Dean, I, I just liked that Dean was being a supportive older brother being like, like of course, you deserve to be here just because you did this really awful, horrible thing doesn't mean anything else. But then. I started to get the sense that they were kind of really united as being brothers, but that quickly starts to dissolve throughout the episode.
0: Yeah, this is uh, – it, it starts out at one way, and it's going to quickly devolve into a different thing that I did not expect even on a rewatch. I had kind of forgotten about the, the central um, – kind of schism that happens between Dean and Sam right now. And, um, you know, we've had a really good season, right? Like we've had a really Mm -hmm. good season of Dean and Sam being together. Uh, the, the writers seem to like kind of grasp that we love these boys when they're on the same team. They, they brought us all together with team free will. And just like two episodes ago, uh, you know, they've, they've had these conversations about starting over from scratch. And, uh, that's why it's so devastating when these kind of things happen. Um, Cass tells them basically to find the road, uh, which in this case turns out to be like a toy car from when he was a kid or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when they start, he starts playing with this toy car, they get transported basically into a different house where Dean is now wearing a shirt that says, I love hugs, which is very, (laughs) very nice. And then um, modern day – I'm going to say modern day Mary Winchester, like the older actress, not the the younger Mm -hmm. actress, um, shows up and is like, oh, hey. I've got milk and cookies. Do you want some milk and cookies? And, of course, both of these boys are, are kind of blown away. Um, Dean sits down and is having basically the best day of his life. Like, Mary Winchester is cutting the crust off of his sandwiches, telling him he's a good boy, the whole nine. She's not responding to Sam at all, which I like would say because it's not Sam's heaven, right? Like, this, right. Is, Sam doesn't belong in his memory. In this memory. Yeah. yeah. And uh and basically Sam is like, okay, like, hey, we need to go. And Dean's like, hey, just just let me live this for just a goddamn minute, please. Like he doesn't say goddamn, but he's like, please just let me just let me live this. Like, let me have this moment. And uh did you
1: write down some of the stuff that happens in this in this I scene? Did. Because, I did. Wow. Um so he he's just reliving this day, this moment, this memory, whatever it is that it seems like such a simple thing at first, and then it becomes almost like it t- takes a dark turn but then in another way it becomes something super super positive and sweet um and something just incredibly um telling about dean's character because uh, mary gets a phone call uh from john and you can just hear her arguing you don't know what it's about um but dean tells sam that there was there was a t- you know, John and Mary fought all the time, just like, you know, a, a regular couple, I guess, you know. Even there was one point where where John had moved out for a few weeks or a few days, whatever it was, and wasn't, you know, sleeping away from home. Um, but Dean goes up, he says, Hold on, I need to just do this one thing and it's just you can tell it's mirroring what he did when he was a four year old boy. Um, he walks up to her and he says, It's okay, mom, dad still loves you. I love you too. I'll never leave you. Um and it's just the, such a sweet moment because even though Jensen Ackles is saying it, I pictured a four-year-old saying it. Absolutely, um, just mm-hmm. this this little boy just going up to his mom, being like, "Hey, it's going to be okay. Like, Dad still loves you." Um, and I, I also like that that Dean says um, it wasn't the perfect marriage until after mom died. Um, that's when John became obsessed with probably her memory and probably just the idea of what it was, and that's what he had imparted upon Sam. So Sam had no idea how it really was, and, and Dean, in a lot of ways, didn't either. Um, But, you know, as he he walks away from from Mary, Sam says, I never realized how long you've been cleaning up dad's messes. And he is just like teary eyed saying that to his brother, Um, which is, again, I keep thinking that this this episode is pointing in one direction because it seems like they're gaining an appreciation for each other. Like Sam is seeing Dean in a way that he's never really had to see before. Um obviously there's been so much conflict of of Dean having to do this stuff because John couldn't or or picking up the pieces that John left behind, you know, having to potentially kill Sam back in season 2, all these different things. But but Sam has always almost seen it in like a selfish way. Like he he doesn't want to be a burden to Dean and there's always that little conflict there. Um but here it's just an unabashed like he's seeing his brother comfort their mother who he has lost as well. And it's like it's just a very powerful thing, and I think it's eye-opening for Sam and, in some ways, for the audience that this has always been Dean. No matter how pissed Dean gets, family is what really, really matters to him.
0: And they've set up—they've um, for a long time—they've set up Dean as the perfect soldier child, like he's mm-hmm. the he's the mini John Winchester. And over the last four or five years of the show, they've they've blown that apart to a little bit, and they've shown us that you know in reality, uh, Sam is much more of a clone of his dad's relentlessness and his obsession with revenge and with power and uh this kind of solidify this scene solidifies that Dean is even though we haven't seen Mary Winchester a lot um, we've only seen really young Mary Winchester that he's much more like his mom in some mm-hmm. cases like he this caring side of him you remember way back in and i think it was either at the end of season one or the beginning of season two where he's basically where Dean was just like you know when is this end like you know when when does the revenge stop like when 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 can we quit finally you know yeah and that's that speaks a lot to Mary Winchester who wanted to be done with this life uh, versus John Winchester who was never going to be done with his life no matter what. Right. Right. And at the end of this, this exchange where he, you know, he hugs her and he says these things, and I'm with you. Like, Jensen Ackles saying this, like, just made me like, I, I'm so glad they didn't have a young actor do it. Because A, if the young actor was good, I would have been destroyed and I wouldn't be able to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> and if he was bad, I don't think he would have carried the weight of Jensen himself doing it. Right. And uh, and then afterwards, uh, she kind of hugs him and she's, I think she's a little misty too. She looks at him and she goes, how about some pie? Mm-hmm. And you you kind of realize like oh this is probably the reason that he loves pie so much like to yeah him it's an association it's a, with his mother it's, it's 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 literally like eating the comfort that his mother gave him as a mm-hmm. child um and it's it's extremely touching and it's extremely nice and and, and wonderful and um he finally decides to uh, go find the next part of the road which they do on like a Route sixty six yeah I think the uh, only
1: part of that that makes sense for what they're doing with him and Sam in this is to just show that like Dean had this part of his life and that's why he is the way he is. Sam didn't have this part of his life and that's the way that's why he is the way he is. Um, I think I didn't really think about that. I just wanted everything to be sweet and happy and for Sam to be like, oh, I love my brother so much. He's such a good dude. Um, but I think that that is it may be maybe in some way just drawing a line because um, Sam didn't have that. Dean did. So the, it, it, there's as much as they're brothers and they're part of the same family there 's always going to be a difference
0: and this is this is going to get um, that's going that point is going to get driven home in the next yeah. uh, two scenes because uh, both of which are going to be the next of which is sam 's memory um, of when he ran away to a, a cabin in Flagstaff for two weeks uh, and he was kind of holed up by himself eating cold pizza. And hanging out with his dog Bonesy, um, which is a great name for a dog, and it's like a little golden lab who's there. And Sam is overjoyed to be back in this like place where he was totally alone, without his family around him, and you know able to do whatever he wanted to. And Dean is just kind of destroyed about this. He's like, this is a happy memory for you. Like you, you ran away on my watch. Like there was hell to pay when dad came home. Like the things that I went through while you were here, I was terrified. I thought you were dead. Like, I cannot believe this is a good memory for you. And that's, we're starting to see that like the first memory we saw of Sam was him having a stability that his family couldn't provide this next one is him being completely away from his family and being alone, which is just a complete contrast to what Dean's memories were, Mm -hmm. which are being with his mother, being with his brother, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, they, they kind of have this out. And, uh, then the next memory, they go to some, like Sam uh, says,
1: I never thought about it that way.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's an important line. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then this, this next scene where they go to an abandoned house and it's, very instantly apparent that sam is like i don't remember this at all i have no idea where this is uh (laughs) but but dean pegs it immediately and says oh this is this is that time that you you ran out on us to go to stanford this was that that big argument this is uh and they don't tell it but like i remember john winchester saying that that that, that, this is the time where he said you know if you walk out that door you can never turn back Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: you know sam making that choice and his dad forcing him to make that choice and again this is sam's version of heaven of leaving his family and dean is like what the fuck
1: dude yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know what i'm and just kind I- of realizing now is obviously it's the freedom and all that stuff that's why it's a happy memory for him because he felt like he was trapped and he was able to get out but now i'm realizing that that probably sticks out even more so for current sam winchester not say season one or season two sam winchester but season five Win- sam winchester who is feels like a prisoner to fate Dean is the one who's always fighting it. Sam is the one who always feels like he's giving into it. Um, The only time that he was ever free of all of that is when he was leaving his family to go to college. It was the one time in his life where he was like busting out doing his thing because it's what he wanted to do. Nobody else wanted him to do it. Whereas current Sam is having to um, potentially be warned by Lucifer to the prom, as they always say. Uh, Or he... um, past sam winchester who was basically just controlled by his dad so this was kind of the only moment of freedom for him so i can i can understand why he's grabbing onto that now you know he's he wasn't anybody's puppet then i guess but it's mm-hmm. still like feels like a slap in the face to Dean. and i think they don't what i'm saying i'm kind of saying it to justify him but the show doesn't give any justification to it it just sort of i think paints sam as a bad guy in this not bad guy but well, definitely sam- does not paint him favorably
0: Sam Sam says like you know I I can't control this like this is this is just happening like I can't this is nothing that I'm doing like I'm not making these things happen and you know things have changed and things are different and things are growing or whatever Um, and I he says it again like I didn't think about it that way uh, which is going to come up a little bit later and uh, like I get it you know leaving home uh, is is a huge thing like if you've ever done the thing where you just like abandoned everybody you knew and like ran away somewhere like that's a it's a huge relief and it gives you like this euphoric experience and it it takes a while before you realize like oh maybe this isn't exactly what i wanted and but for sam It was exactly what he wanted. Like when he left here, like think about his life from this point on. He goes to a school that he thinks is a real school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's actually just an elaborate setup by his father. Yeah, it was the night he he (laughs) went to But he also – he meets Jessica. He makes friends. He's going to legal school. He's learning how to make bombs. He doesn't have any communication (laughs) with his family. Until the events of season one, episode one, where Dean mm-hmm. breaks into his house and compliments his, his girlfriend's underwear and then steals beer from him. Uh, so like this is Sam getting what he wanted his entire life, which is away from his family. And then not until the events of, you know, that's going to come to pass that he got drugged back into it. Right. So it's no wonder that Sam, I don't, I don't look at Sam badly for thinking about this, but I, I definitely see Dean's point of like, Jesus, yeah. all of your good memories are the shittiest <laughs> memories for me. <laughs> and I just
1: think that I've complained about this and I will continue to complain about it. The show won't, ever give sam it feels like the time to justify it in a two character episode they're going to dig into how dean's feeling but they're going to leave sam's explanations on the wayside and it just makes the fans hate him i think a lot of people mm-hmm. really dislike sam and i just wish that they would give him more justification for it um because dean's about to hit us with a real sad line uh where he says we're supposed to be a team it's supposed to be me and you against the world and it's just like fuck you sam
0: <laughs> yeah And, you know, I I get it. Like, and Sam says as much right here, like he didn't have this, uh, he, like, you know, Mary Winchester didn't cut the crust off his, off his sandwiches. She didn't make him milk and cookies. She, he grew up in the probably, I have to imagine overly militaristic, rigid environment of John Winchester, moving them from town to town Mm -hmm. on the hunt for some like questionable thing that he didn't even probably wasn't even told about until he was nine or 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like it had to be a miserable life. And I, I, I can only imagine like those, those two different experiences, and, you know, in think, thinking about all of this, like, I get Dean's anger, but also maybe, Dean, like, you've been to hell for 40 years. Like, maybe you can just, like, reach out and, and understand a brother. You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, like, I get it, like, especially in the moment, but the events at the end of the episode, I think, really put a bad taste in my mouth in terms of mm-hmm. Dean. Uh Luckily, Sam before Sam can convince Dean that he's, you know, just a normal person and probably deserves a little bit of sympathy. Uh Zachariah shows up. We get all these like <laughs> flights. and uh it's a chase scene and Zachariah like spends some time like yelling at them in the woods. Um like threatening to tear them a cosmos of new ones and and such mm-hmm. and Zachariah played by Kurt F- Fuler is extremely good uh and I love all of his like overly I guess campy is the word that I'm looking for. Like overly mm-hmm. like tear you a Cosmo of new ones is not something I would expect like a being of the Lord <laughs> no. would, would say, right? Like it's so no. ridiculous and and stupid.
1: Yeah. And at this point he's barely acting like a being of the Lord because uh, if we skip forward a few minutes, when Joshua shows up, um, this person who's supposed to communicate with God, um, Zechariah is real taken aback by that. Absolutely. Um, but before, before any of that shit happens, we get some other stuff. Yes. Uh, A dude in a luchador mask shows up and uh, comes to the rescue with a uh, Buenos Dias, bitches.
0: Excuse me? A a what kind of mask?
1: Uh, It looks like a luchador mask.
0: What is a dude in a luchador mask doing in in heaven? (laughs) It seems so weird. It's a great question. (laughs)
1: Um, But of course, it's Ash. It's already Ash.
0: Ash. Yeah. who has even less episodes than Ellen and Joe and still is one of my favorite characters from the the entire series of supernatural mm-hmm. uh, uh Ash is there his heaven is uh Ellen's bar as you might imagine uh yeah. and he's where the beer is always cold and there's no hangovers and uh he sets <laughs> Dean and Sam up with the beer and then like does like a straight up chug of his which is like he just fucking power drinks that thing. Yeah. And uh he starts telling them like about heaven that it's not just one place, it's a quote boatload of places. <laughs> Or, excuse me, buttload of places. <laughs> yes. It's uh a kind of stacked on each stacked on top of each other, where space doesn't really matter. It's just these own people's personal heavens. Uh and he says to picture it like Disneyland without all of the anti-Semitism. Which is a, <laughs> okay, which is a line, man. Which is a line, I mean, that's all I'm gonna say.
1: Ash is woke.
0: <laughs> Ash is a little bit woke. Uh, yeah, this, this this is really good. I like Having Ash, of all people, come in and, like, explain everything to us is is really fun.
1: Yeah, and he talks about how he's been on, like, a tour of heaven, going to all these people. He's met Einstein and, you know, so on and so forth, all these rock stars and everything. And he's just been, like, living the life. Like, heaven is the best thing that you can imagine it to be. And he says that he's... Sam and Dean have been here before. This is not the first trip they've made to heaven. They just can't remember it. Um, but, but thankfully, yeah, I... Ash is here to kind of fill them in on what it is that they're looking for. Uh, Running from angels in in heaven is probably not a good idea. but
0: Yeah, probably not. Uh, When he explains that um, he's been to Andre the Giant's uh, heaven, and then he goes to the – and I can't remember the dude's name. But he goes to the guy that wrote the Karma Sutra, and he's like – and it was just a sweaty – uncomfortable <laughs> <place>. <laughs> and then uh i think it's either sam or, or dean that is is like man like you're, you're really having a good time up here he's like yeah man now that i'm dead i'm living
1: <laughs> <And> I'm just,
0: <laughs> i just i miss ash so much
1: yeah yeah it's good to have him back uh and then pamela shows up uh the psychic who tried to help him out in season four who had her eyes burned out by castiel and then got murdered while trying to help the boys do some something mm-hmm. um she shows up and and is probably the most real with the boys or with Dean she has a conversation with Dean uh also smooches on him a little bit and um
0: oh, we'll, we're going to get to the smooch in a minute cuz i found it very strange
1: <laughs> she tells him that like heaven rules and earth mm-hmm. rules and maybe like doing all the stuff to stop the apocalypse is not a great idea Because Dean's like, all those people will die if if we, you know, say yes, they're gonna be the apocalypse. And she's like, and so what? Then they come here and it's sick. Like, why are you doing this? Um, but that's still that's not something that that Dean can bow to.
0: Well Dean and Dean even says it. He's like, this is not this isn't real, this is the matrix. And Mm -hmm. uh like this is this is fake. Like this is the angels just like pretending that you're having a good time, basically. And even though you feel like it's real, that it it's not. And um, and I think she guilt trims him a little bit about like having her killed. And, uh, and then he's, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, sorry about that. And he, she's like, you had Ash killed and Ash, like from the background, just doing a, I'm good with it. Kind of yeah. <laughs> just real casual is, is really good is, is really nice. Um, like I, this is all really good like pam pamela is a really good character to question dean on this because he's you know she's if you remember after she died dean was really fucked up about it this was one of the first characters that kind of died under his watch um and it was especially being bobby's friend and them specifically bringing her into this angel business yeah. and having she calls her, like, the
1: winchesters out on getting her killed
0: exactly um so like I, this is a really good character moment for dean to to kind of even though this is, is is a guilty thing, this is something that he's guilty about. This is like what something he would probably consider that he did wrong. It doesn't change his mind at all. Like he's still mm-hmm. setting his task. If I'm no, like I'm not going to just send a bunch of people up here to heaven when I have the opportunity to not do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when I have the opportunity to save people, I'm not going to let them die. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. We should, uh, we, we forgot to mention it, but, uh, as before Pamela shows up, Ash is saying like all of the places, all of the different heavens he's visited and, Uh, I think it's Sam saying, did, did you, you know, have you met Ellen and Joe? And just Ash's devastated face at her hearing that Ellen and Joe were dead or it was just so Mm -hmm. sad to me.
1: Yeah. He asks if they went down fighting and they're like "Yep, to the very end, but it's still, he's like, all right, fuck yeah, they did. But it's still, yeah, it's the only bad news he's gotten in a long time, I bet. Well, it is heaven. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ash has been working on an angel radio and uh, he kind of knows how to, and we we saw this a little bit when he rescued Dean and Sam from the uh, from Zachariah. But he's kind of figured out the, the the math of how heaven works, so he can create kind of shortcuts and pathways for them. So his goal is to send send them to a uh, like send them directly to the garden, so they can meet Joshua. And uh, I, just, I just love all of this, like, crazy, like, he's writing, like, division signs with infinity signs yeah. underneath the division sign and stuff. Like, with <laughs> chalk on a door. Like, I just love all of that stuff. that's so It's so redneck cosmic. I just dig the shit out of that.
1: Redneck cosmic. Yep. That's exactly how this show should be described. <laughs> they always but talk about is- Lovecraft invented you know cosmic horror this is mm-hmm. redneck
0: yeah cosmic this is this horror. is lovecraft if he was born in south louisiana <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or or worse like texas cuz we we have some weird like you know to do shit down here so oh true so ash writes on this door and they go in and instead of the garden they're at their old house in kansas uh mm-hmm. with mary winchester who was there and uh Dean is kind of like reticent to even like, this doesn't work on him again. Right. Like before he was kind of charmed by Mary Winchester being present and like cutting off the crust of a sandwiches this time he's like, okay, like I know you're there, but you're not real and I've got important shit I got to do. And she's like, Oh really? Like, well, why don't I tell you about my nightmare, Dean? Why don't I tell you about the night that I burned? And then she starts like actively bleeding and saying stuff like I never loved you. And like comes up with the yellow eyes. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. It gets dark fast. This description of – because she she bricks up all the exits and then starts describing how it felt to burn to death, about how she could smell herself burning uh, and thought she had left a pot roast going. Oof. And, like, I mean, just – and then just starts describing the, the pain. And then at the end of it is, like, one silver lining. At least I was away from you. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Come on, people. You, you, you guys know, like, what little of a heart Dean Winchester has left is just openly bleeding all the time, right? <laughs> like, this is not helpful for this guy's relationship with anybody.
1: <laughs> uh. And then, of course, you know, they don't buy this shit, and it's, uh, of course, Zachariah.
0: This is, of course, Zachariah. Yeah.
1: Um, Who starts being real gross with Mary Winchester, starts manhandling her, licking her and shit. Very strange. Yeah.
0: So, we got to talk about this a little bit, because he does imply that he's been fucking the, like, Dean's memory of his mother while she's in heaven, (laughs) which, like, he
1: definitely implies that, right? I don't know. All I know is that it's just super creepy. Uh, and it, and I guess it's effective because it's supposed to make you feel horrible, um, feel hopeless. Like, look at what I'm doing. It just feels tonally way different than what we're used to with Supernatural. Um, and whenever they step outside of that tone, sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's really weird like this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's he licks her neck and it's a weird move. Just, that's what it comes down to. And he's
0: been—he he kind of says like, you know, I've been enjoying the time I've been spending with your mother. Uh, and he—he—he he, he goes on a villain rant here, right? Like we're, he's going to get mm-hmm. like a long, like, like monologue that he's going to do. And, and part of that is he used to be employee of the month until he got the Winchester assignment, and now like everybody's laughing at him and doesn't, you know, he does he doesn't command respect anymore? He, he, all this other bull stuff, bullshit. And uh, I must said bull stuff for some reason because yeah, apparently I'm in bulls, kindergarten yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that didn't—it was really weird. Um, But he's, he's, he's showing up and like going to torture these people. And, uh, I love this and I don't remember the line exactly, but Dean's like, yeah, you can still do all that, but like, you're still bald. Yeah, (laughs) And then, um,
1: he calls them pathetic flannel wearing maggots at one point. (laughs) Um, he also says, I like this line. I actually like this one where he says, uh, Lucifer may be powerful, but I'm petty.
0: That's the, exactly what I wanted to – yes, yes, that's exactly the line that I love. And that's, that makes me think that he's not actually having sex with the memory of, of Dean's dead mother. No. Like, he's uh-huh. just just trying to be as petty as possible to fuck with mm-hmm. Dean, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's more likely what Zachariah is up to. And there's no sex in heaven, right? I, it, I don't think so. It wouldn't make sense because Anna makes such a big deal about being human and meaning that you get to have sex. Where if you were angels, why? It, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, maybe like, in your like your personal heaven, but for angels, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to be boning down because they're not human and they're not supposed to procreate. And I get that there's some stuff with that in like lore and probably in supernatural about angels boning down on humans and creating a special race of people. Um, but just why? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense.
0: It, it, it doesn't make any sense. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't like the idea of angels boning down in heaven. Like, I, I, I'm just fundamentally against that. Like you said, yeah. individual human heavens? Sure. Yeah, I, I can totally get that. Like, I can see that working. But something just, just a little weird about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And around this time, uh, Joshua finally shows up. The man that we've been looking for. And he says that he's looking for Sam and Dean. Yeah.
0: And he's like I, I need these I need to talk to these two boys. I know it's not a I know it's an inconvenient time, but he needs to talk to these two boys. Yeah. <laughs> and Kurt Fuller's like look of like excuse me? Are you are you fucking serious right now? I just love it so much. Yeah. But uh yeah, like Zachariah is unbelieving that Joshua is going to interrupt them, but of course, uh Joshua has actually been talking to God and says like, "Hey, do you really do you really want to like go against that? And of course nah. Josh excuse me, Zach, Zachariah just just leaves. And um Sam and Dean are teleported to uh what their view of like Heaven's Garden is, which is the Cleveland Botanical Gardens. Yeah. And I love I weird. love I love Sam's reaction of like, Oh, this is the garden? This is uh
1: nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Dean's like sorta or whatever is is really, really good. Yeah. And then uh um,
1: Sam, come on. <laughs>
0: And then Joshua just kind of lays this all down for him. And, uh, and I, how do you feel about this? Because this is literally deus ex machina at this point. This is literally God through a vessel uh, or through a different angel, like, telling Sam and Dean what to do. Like, are, are you into this?
1: No. Um, okay. I, I don't hate it. But it always seemed, it, it's, as we learned at the end of the episode, this was all just a dangling plot thread that the writers wish that they never came up with to begin with. Uh, God was never going to be a part of Sam and Dean's final mission. I guess they had to address it. I think they should have just left it alone and said he's not here in that way. And it, it, That's the horror. Supernatural is supposed to be a, a horror show um, where God has left the building and it's just angels and demons and everybody's just fucked in between and it's all about saving humanity. But then they bring in this God factor who is basically just sitting back and letting everything happen um, and they can't find him no matter what and it doesn't matter. And at the end of the episode, Dean's going to throw away the amulet that Sam gave him because Eric Kripke was tired of trying to explain it, or one of the writers was, somebody was, so they just literally throw it away. And I guess maybe knowing that, it's kind of colored the way that I look at this, where it feels like a plot thread that just goes nowhere. And it's not that it doesn't go anywhere, and it's not that I even really disliked it, but I could have done without it.
0: Yeah, this is just such a a devastating blow to uh, not only Sam and Dean, but like we'll see towards the end of Castiel uh but very specifically Dean, uh so this setup they start asking Joshua a bunch of questions like hey it's really important we need to talk to god like can you tell us anything and he basically says no like he he knows all of the questions you're going to ask and it, he only has one thing for you which is to back off like mm-hmm. he's already helped you so much he's he teleported you to that plane he brought back castiel he's done so much for you he's intervened more directly with you than he has hardly any time in the in, in the history of the world so now he is out of it. And they're like what about the you know the apocalypse like the, the this is literally the end of the world he's like well, he, he thinks it's not his problem. And this abandonment <laughs> this 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 literal <laughs> holy father abandoning his children pisses dean off in a way that you just you don't see and then before he gets like really aggro about it like you would expect he just breaks like the dude just you could just see his whole faith system like completely yeah. tearing down everything's
1: been building up for the last season and a half since he's met castiel and the angels and all absolutely that. it's all just broken here so you know now, now that i think about it I, I, th- I guess this does work better it's setting up the second deadbeat dad that demons had to deal with.
0: And uh and Joshua calls him out. He says, you know, you, you can't do this. Like you're you're losing faith in yourself, you're losing faith in your brother. The last thing that you had to go on was was finding God. And now now you now you know that doesn't work. But you're gonna keep going. And it just It's just so shitty. <laughs> like this is just such a yeah. shitty thing for God to do. <laughs> and I you know, I don't want to say like fuck you, God, or anything, but like seriously, fuck you, God. <laughs> like this is not cool. <laughs> um and they don't get to ask any questions. Uh, they basically just get told, like, you're going to have to deal with this yourselves or not. It's up to you because God doesn't care about it. And, right. And uh, when you go back this time, because this is not the first time we've had this talk, like, then when you go back this time, God wants you to remember. So it's not going to be, like, carefully putting your bodies back together. And they literally wake up, like, clutching their chest from the beds that they died in. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess – uh, what, what Rat and Morty? What was the what was the two <laughs> guys' yeah, names? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't even remember. I wish I had. Wrote. I know I did. Ray and Walt. Maybe? Yeah,
1: I think that's what it was. Roy and Walt. A good. Maybe. Roy and know. Walt.
0: Well, yeah, it does not matter. Uh, they're nowhere to be found. I guess we'll deal with them later. Maybe. Um, but I love. And this is essentially this video earlier of uh, Dean being concerned about Kaz. The first thing Dean does when he gets up is like he touches his chest, makes sure he's okay, and he picks up the phone and calls Castiel like yeah. instantly.
1: It's because he doesn't like Sam anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, that's not true. Well, no, actually, I guess that is totally true, huh?
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is this is the scene I was talking about where everybody is losing faith and and they're just they're ditching what has been like the B plot to this season uh, of, of trying to find God, trying to find a way to, to stop Lucifer, like go above and beyond to, to find the, uh, the fix all solution. And, and in a way I like that. I guess I'm coming back from what I said a few minutes ago, like pretty heavily. I like that. They have to push it this far because then when they, we get to our final solution for the season, it's a very desperate thing that they wouldn't otherwise probably do unless they had no literally no other hope um so they they put god on the table and even that's not going to help so now they got to go with plan b <laughs>
0: yeah it's and if you think that cast excuse me if you think that dean is pretty broken up about this news uh castiel is just fucking devastated um he he like looks to the sky and says you know you son of a bitch that i believed in and like he he stresses the the past tense of believed in, like, in a, in a certain way that made me think that he was, like, struggling to say it. And I think mm-hmm. this is just Misha Collins being a, just a fucking crazy good actor and reading yeah. his lines like this. He, he like kills just, it
1: so hard here.
0: Yeah. And he looks just, like, completely devastated. He hands Dean back the amulet and says, you know, you can have this back. It's worthless. And, um... Dean is just sitting there looking at it when Kaz just like disappears, and uh, the next time we see Kaz, he is not going to be in a good shape. By the way, I don't know if I don't, I don't think I don't think if you watched it ahead, but uh, sh- the next time Kaz shows up, he is drunk, and it is
1: great. Uh, um, but here we have Sam saying, "You and me will find a way, whatever." Um, mm-hmm. Trying to kind of take a lesson from what Dean said earlier about how it's supposed to be them versus the world, and uh, Dean doesn't say anything. He's just pissed, gets a shit, drops the amulet in the trash, and that's that's it for Dean.
0: And that's the way the episode ends. Like, there's no, there's no back and forth again. Like, just like the ending of the last episode, there's no, there's no really anything that feels like a resolution. There's no clinking beers on top of the Impala. There's no like, you know, these <laughs> some crazy what we learned today, kids, kind of thing, <laughs> or, or anything like that.
1: It's like it, it feels like. Sam in a lot of ways is finally coming around to being the person that Dean sort of needs him to be. But it's like too little, too late. Dean is just so crushed by everything that even if Sam does manage to come around and and be the perfect little brother, it's, it's too late to fix the broken Dean that we have now. Cause it's like everything the dude does. It just keeps getting thrown back in his face.
0: Yeah. It's everything that he's tried. Literally everything he's tried and and say what you want, like the only the only what I would consider the only bad thing that Dina has done up into this is, is breaking in hell, which mm-hmm. to me doesn't really seem like it seems like an onerous thing to put on him. Like I know John Winchester didn't break, but you know breaking after 40 years of torture is 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 not a, like is not a bad thing to me uh, but like, that's that's really like otherwise dean has just been trying his fucking damnness to make this thing work and it's just not at all and his last hope was pinned on cast finding god and now they know that that's a dead end so like what do you do and especially after all of this stuff with sam's best memories and his version of heaven being completely away from his family that was really dean's only hold to the rest of the world like, he could talk all day long about having to save everybody, but really when, when the cards are down, it was about saving Sam right. and, and and being a team together to save the world. And if that's not there, then, like, you can tell Dean's just questioning every single value he has about himself. Like, why do I care about mm-hmm. anything at that point? Which I feel
1: like I've been starting to piece together this weird thing where it's an angel, a demon, and a human. And Sam is the demon. Uh, the angel is obviously Castiel. And Dean is the human and everybody, we're supposed to be on the side of humanity. Um, we're trying to pull our, our demon boy back to back to humanity. Our our angel is is kind of falling to humanity. But our human dude, our dude who's always in the middle, our dude who's always holding steady is just breaking apart. Um, so it's like, how how are they supposed to how are the humans supposed to win when everything is the way that it is? you have a and dude who right- turned into a demon who was like yeah let's do this and then an angel who just said or just called god a son of a bitch and then the dude literally, in the literally literally the just-
0: second angel that rebelled like like he's the yeah. second after lucifer that rebelled <laughs> yeah. maybe i guess maybe third after anna but still still up on the list it's not good mm-hmm.
1: it is not good
0: i uh i i find all of this fascinating because these three this trio are all broken people at this point mm-hmm. uh you know sam being the most optimistic out of the three of them, I think is very telling because he's, you know, he's he's been he's the one that's bounced back from the worst. Like he's mm-hmm. hit his rock mm-hmm. bottom, whereas I think Kaz and and Dean either feel like they're hitting their rock bottom or are on their way to hitting their rock bottom. Yeah. Not to put everything in the show into in terms of addiction, but specifically addiction, obsession, revenge—all of those are, are major themes at play. So I, I definitely think that that's why sam is the one saying no we can figure this out we'll do it guys mm-hmm. no no we'll do it and then mm-hmm. seeing dean throw away a part of his childhood that you know throw away a, a bond between the two of them and walk away from it i think is, is going to have some ramifications certainly any wrap-up thoughts on these last few episodes
1: no i'm going to continue to probably complain about sam stuff but um i just love him so much and i want everyone else to love him too
0: you getting, a little, you getting a little emotional right now? You need, you need a, little, a break?
1: I'm just getting a little worked up. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this is all good stuff. It's really it's really tipping to a breaking point.
0: It's uh, it's really putting the screws to our
1: brothers. Yeah. And
0: uh, I'm, I'm like you. I feel like this is the first season. Well, I think we started in season four. Where we started dipping down to two episodes uh, per podcast as opposed to three. Uh, but I feel like we've been living in, in season five for a mm-hmm. lot longer. And I feel like it's better for my understanding of the show and better for the podcast in general. And stuff like this, like having this microscopic view of the show, like really makes me appreciate the things that they put these characters through. Yeah. Uh, it's really impressive that they have 23, 24 episodes that they're working with. And we've only had a couple up until episode 16 that were like completely unrelated to our meta plot. Like right. that's, that's, that's a significant thing. And I, I think it's, I think it's really, really good. And, uh spoilers next week is going to be super great as well so hey, woo. <laughs> woo uh let's close this out because it's 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 late o'clock here and we we, we us, us growing men need to get to bed and um you know go earn breakfast or something like i said it's late o'clock please don't listen to me uh thank you everybody for listening uh this has been monster of the week we appreciate you listening we appreciate you leaving itunes reviews if you want to support the show directly go to patreon.com monster of the week uh, you can get early access to shows, access to our Discord, uh, cool funny clips, uh, custom art from our boy Chris, all kinds of cool stuff. It's it's a great place, uh, but you don't have to do that either. You can just keep listening. That'd be great too. Yes, please. Chris, where are you at on on Twitter? <laughs> I'm at
1: Local on Twitter.
0: I'm at JG Greer. The podcast is at MonsterTheWeek.Cool. We'll see you next week with two more great episodes of Supernatural.
1: Later. took me so long. can you hear me because i'm very far away from my microphone
0: <laughs> yeah you, you sound like you're about uh seventy thousand feet away from your microphone
1: oh, what's up baby girl now <laughs> i'm real close <laughs>
0: whoa it's chef from south park everybody here to tell you how racism isn't bad if it's on both sides
1: You, man, right. hey, I'm okay. I got a couple of lemonade in my hand, and I don't know if you remember <laughs> past installments of uh, Chris's appetite, but lemonade ranks high up on the list of treats that I like to sip on.
0: I do remember being surprised that you were such a lemonade fan. Yeah. So um. I know it's kind
1: of like a weird thing to like be into, but it is what it is.
0: I mean, I know dudes that are like real into root beer, and being into root beer seems like way different than being into lemonade. Although both have like weirdly aggressive alcoholic versions in the stores now. So
1: that's true. Um, Weirdly, I don't drink a lot of like alcoholic lemonade. I just go like straight for like (laughs) an hoppy
0: beer (laughs) because you're not a you're not an enormous dumbass (laughs) because you could just go for you could just drink alcohol that tastes okay instead of like super sweet lemonade mixed with you know garbage tier, uh, clear alcohol
1: and then just have acid reflux all night.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I can only imagine.
1: I, uh, I had a sour beer for the first time. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Last time I played D and D never, never did it before. Mm -hmm. Um, I just went to the store and I bought Jess a bottle of wine and I wasn't planning on drinking much. I was like, I'll get like one craft beer, like one, like extra sized craft beer, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, I was running out of time. I was running late, so I was like, "All right, just grab whatever the biggest bottle that I could find. <laughs> that way, I could keep keep pouring, you know." Uh, and it was it was sour beer, but I I like most beer, so I don't really have an issue with really anything. So I just thought, okay, I'll, this will be fine. Uh, first couple sips, not a huge fan. Wasn't really doing it for me. Like half halfway point, I was way into it.
0: Yeah, about the time I start that that nine percent. <laughs> Alcohol by yeah, volume exactly. starts kicking in.
1: Exactly. Fuck, <laughs> like, I
0: need to drink more of these. I could just drink yeah. one of these and have a good time. I'm I drinking six of those, of those other dumbass craft beers. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was good. Let's get that. Send me, send me them notes. Let me hit you with that road so far. Okay. Well, you're just. I don't know uh, what episodes we covered last.
0: It. So you're just getting. <coughs> Are you super confused are, about where we are? Because I'm
1: always confused now. Yeah, I don't know now what that we happened. have now that
0: we have the extra week, it's 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 really been a, a challenge. I think. Also,
1: I was just thinking, like, how are we still on season five? Like, it feels like all of the other seasons went way faster. That's because Jeremy. I don't know if you knew this, but we used to cover three episodes a- at a time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do, in fact, remember this.
1: I was not aware that we did that, so I've been very confused. <laughs> I'm okay. on our website right now. Oh, also I'm on the Like I just pulled that up just to check. Are you just, are you just doing
0: that to make me put it in the show notes again? Is that what's happening?
1: <laughs> no, I was just curious. What's the, uh,
0: what's the counter up to? Um, it is at uh,
1: 2,311. Um, hey, it broke 2,000. It broke I feel 2000. like, it broke a, I feel like said... we're responsible for everything beyond 2,000.
0: <laughs> yeah, I because it broke 2,000. Because it, it wasn't 2,000 the last time we talked about it, right? No, I
1: don't think so. I'll have to go back to the episode of Chomp Chain when we first discovered this. And uh,
0: sure, and yeah, because that's definitely something that's going to be easy to find.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, we haven't recorded in a while, so uh, Dylan. Yep, I'm two thousand three, no, two
0: thousand three hundred, number
1: twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan read out the the visit count, whatever, last time. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have we have some documentation somewhere. I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Jess and I watched a lot of Harry Potter yesterday. Oh, wow. The,
0: the Harry Potter saga continues. Yeah. Like, it was just on Saturday? It was just on Sunday? You guys didn't do it, like, stretch it out over a weekend or anything?
1: We did. Uh, we watched the fourth one, part of the fourth one on Friday, and then the fifth one on um, Saturday. And we started the sixth mm-hmm. one on Saturday and then finished that and watched the seventh and the eighth on Sunday. Um, which I haven't seen those Jeez. movies in year, so, Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. But we, whatever. We weren't doing anything I think, else.
0: um... I think the first I think 7 is pretty bad. I don't I don't think that's a good movie, it's, especially because it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of like Harry and Hermione and like those like nondescript Vancouver settings right. like kind of yelling at each other. And then uh and then I think that 8 is I think the finale is really really great. Watching like, 7
1: stuff. right in between 6 and 8 makes mm-hmm. it work a lot better. But I do I can I can imagine very yeah. much remember being kind of disappointed when I went and saw it. Um because it was, it's
0: definitely not like a plot movie. like no. it, it moves plot but it's also like we're going to revel in our sadness. It's just, yeah, plot. it's just
1: building everything for the 8th movie. But when you have to and wait the book like a that year. year. Yeah, that's true. Like
0: the first half of that book is is kind of like really really sad and oh god, it fucking breaks my heart when Dobby dies. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. I get, I got like very choked up watching a lot of those
0: movies. Just thinking about um I think Dude, when when Neville comes out of that place yeah. and starts like just killing dudes, that's fucking great. Like Neville, that's a great time. My boy. <laughs> Neville, my sweet, my sweet child. Screw your Gryffindor, your your uh, Hufflepuffs, your your Ravenclaws, and your and your Slytherins. I am Team Longbottom <laughs> all the way. I'm House Longbottom all the way. Obviously,
1: you know that guy's hot now.
0: Yeah, I do. Of course. <laughs> I'm just just counting the days now until he shows up as a hunk in supernatural. That's, there was a
1: uh, there was a moment in the last movie where like it's showing Voldemort and all the bad guys, and then it cuts over. <laughs> To Harry and he's like no we're not alone and then it like, pans and shows all of his friends and all like, I could think it was just like what's up we're all hot now because <laughs> it goes from them being like <laughs> shitty little like 11 year olds to now they're all in their 20s and they're Hollywood actors and they're hot
0: everybody just giving their best like teenage blue steel yeah. look just <laughs> that mm, mm,
1: there's one scene <laughs> that me and Jess noticed of Ron in the last movie and I don't know if it's the way that it's shadowed or if he's just digitally been added into the scene but he looks like a, a demon, like a black-eyed demon. He, his face is like pointing down, and like it's all shadowy and weird, and his eyes are just pitch black. And everybody else is super normal-looking. Weird. <laughs> so we had to rewind it and watch it, and I was like, nah, it's still super weird. I don't get it. <laughs> I gotta have you make a GIF of me um, from my Haunted by Ghosts video, so every time somebody brings it up, I can hit them with it.
0: Oh, I can do that. I need to. Uh, I need to go back through and rewatch those anyway. So maybe I can. I can pick out a good gift for you. I'll give them tonight.
1: We. Uh, I don't have
0: anything else to do besides play Dragon's Dogma. So. Oh yeah.
1: So you you uh, in Haunted by Ghosts, the intro whatever has a little ghost mm-hmm. hanging from the tree, which was like the inspiration for doing it because it's just like somebody's like you know, c- kind of crappy Halloween decoration. Uh, and Steve happened to get footage of it as we were driving by. I was like, "That's funny. We're using that." And. We drove by it today, and there are two of those shitty little ghost decorations (gasps) hanging from the tree. So I was like, yo, season two, it's here. I'm
0: trying to find them right now. What's your, is it Local Bones? It is Local Local Bones, 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 right? It is Local Bones? Okay. I know I'm subscribed to you. Come on. Where is it? it? YouTube.com slash Local Bones. Where is it? it? There you are. You're right next to Lobos Jr. Oh, well. Did you know that all your like likes and shit are just public?
1: That's okay. I and don't, your subscribes I don't and everything? like anything that weird.
0: I don't know. It Mo- was the epic Nate 315. He does, mm-hmm. uh,
1: he does Skyrim videos.
0: Oh, you like you like Elven King, Dragons Maelstrom, that song 2017? Is, that song is tight. Okay, I'm going to listen to the first 30 seconds of this. Oh, God, it's an advertisement.
1: Have you ever seen the director's cut of the bear pit scene from... Um... Uh, Game of Thrones,
0: the director's cut of what scene?
1: The bear pit scene where Brienne of Tarth falls into the oh. bear pit. No, it's it's really short. You should watch that. It's like fifty seconds long.
0: See, I'm I'm all up into this Elven King stuff. Oh, okay,
1: that's me. Me and Patches were big fans of Elven King.
0: This is like uh this is like Dream Theater for even diner nerds, yeah, right? Like you've got your, you got your math nerds, and then below that you've got like your math and D and D nerds, yeah. and then below that you've got like your nerds that just like Lord of the Rings and can't play D and D. I mean, the word the word this, Elven King is
1: from Lord of the Rings, so.
0: And I think did they spell? Oh no, they just made it one word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh wow, this is a lyrics video, Chris. Yeah, it is. And it's using like some like fucked up. Yeah, they're I not, respond. they're like,
1: not like, you know, they're not huge, good.
0: you know, they're not, they're not, they're not good.
1: They're Italian and they're trying to speak English, Jeremy. So
0: God, I like how I, let me count, let me count. Hold on. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight posts down is I don't think I can trust you, Dean and Sam
1: yeah. on your Have page. You, you should be watching that. I, I watch it every night. I 100% sent that to you, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I knew exactly which one it was, because it's one of my. it has all of my favorite things in a it's Supernatural so video. It's so good. A great soundtrack, over like a lot of melodrama, and a just terrible aspect ratios the entire time. Yes. Um, some, mother- some motherfucker is adding me. Do you
1: want to send me some on... notes so I can write the pros? So I did.
0: It's They're in the podcast notes, yeah. Oh, Go okay. ahead. Sorry, my bad jeez i
1: wasn't trying to say that in a confrontational way jeremy
0: that's it not, came out very fucking confrontational that's chris let
1: not fight jeremy
0: fighting makes the podcast good chris
1: hello and welcome to another episode of two brothers in trouble
0: <laughs> double brother trouble double brother th- <laughs> sorry chris and jeremy <laughs> Are you familiar with the dude, Ali Moss? Um, I don't know. He, uh, he was one of the artists on Firewatch. He makes, like, really rad posters. He's been around, like, forever. Okay. Um, way back in the day, he made, like, some Star Wars posters. Uh-huh. And, uh, a lot of his stuff, like, sells out really quickly because it's it's so rad. And, um, the dude that runs Fireside was like, oh, hey, I'm selling my Ali Moss posters. Like, if anyone's interested in it, uh, let me know. So I was like, "Hey, dude, I can't DM you because you don't follow me, but I'm interested. Like, if the price is right." And he's like, "Well, are you really interested? I'm not going to be selling them for cheap." And I was like, "Okay, like, like I'm into it for a couple hundred bucks. Like, I'm into it. Like, it's going to be a present or whatever." Uh, and he was like, "No, no, no. I'm more like two to three thousand dollars." I was like, "Holy shit!" And then he sent me a link, and they're all like two or three thousand dollars each. So, Jesus. Yeah. It's like okay, so let me let me step the fuck off your mentions. Yeah, <laughs> my bad, my dude. They are dope posters, though. If they if I could get them for a couple hundred bucks, I think it'd be pretty fun. Just print them out. Yeah, I could totally just print some trash <laughs> copies on my black and white printer and just you know <laughs> see what happens.
1: Let's kick it. Cue the, and then cue the music when I say that
0: are you ready for love <laughs> oh yeah i'm ready for love
1: <clears throat> i'm chris moser i'm jeremy greer
0: and this is monster of the week i thought i would really trip you up with that and this is was two brothers getting
1: in trouble <laughs> a new podcast
0: <laughs> a brand new podcast from the creators of monster of the week
1: At a certain point, we're going to have to split this off into two podcasts, one that is um, goofing on Supernatural, and then one of them is just, like, Mm -hmm. very serious.
0: One that's just all about us discussing, like, all of the different ways that they are fucking uh, Destiel fans over, just completely. Did you see that video that uh, uh, Nis posted this week,
1: earlier today? No, I did not.
0: I'm trying to figure out the best way to, like, get to her. Let me see if I can find it real quick, because, Chris, it's very sad.
1: Is it like a, um, a music video that somebody made?
0: It's it's Yeah, it is. But it's just a Twitter video. It's not like on – or I'm sure it's probably on YouTube, but I don't have a link for that. Um, okay, here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And I guess that means I got to uh, like put it in the show notes too since we're talking about it. I like this because it's a video that uh, identifies something that I always identify, which is like Dean is always asking about Kaz, like constantly –
1: I um, started playing the video at the same time that you were talking, and, and the audio on the video was really loud, so I didn't hear any of what you said, but like, I, will, okay. I will want to listen to it. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'll go play it.
0: Are you crying yet, Chris?
1: I don't have anything funny to say about that.
0: Kaz, Kaz. Where's Kaz? Kaz, Where's Kaz? very sad. It was just very sad. <laughs>
1: no jokes here.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just extremely sad.
1: Okay. Well, I'm ready for this episode now, I guess.
0: You guess? Okay, it's fine. Hey, was it you that was telling me the lore podcast is good? I don't think so. Somebody was just telling me the lore podcast
1: was Wait, good. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Didn't we have a conversation about the lore podcast? We might point? have. I know they're making a TV show out of it. I actually... I- it is one of the most popular podcasts of its kind. And mm-hmm. They're making a TV show out of it. I listened to the first episode and I remember like getting like the ultimate douche chills. Um, just the guy's not a douche. The guy's like a very nice person who just like really loves this shit. But he was just like going all in talking about werewolves. And at the time, I remember like I know all of this. This sucks. This guy sucks. But it's not. I don't think he sucks. I think I was just really being judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me, I guess.
0: Well, because Autumn said that apparently at some point I told her that the lore podcast was good because you said it was good. So she texted me because we were t- talking over the break and she said, was "like oh, I'm just trying the lore podcast because you said Chris said it was good. And I was like, I should probably check in on that just to make sure that's accurate.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I bet that it is good considering it's like at, at times been the number one podcast on iTunes. So yeah, I sure, think that sure my off the cuff judgment of it is pretty inaccurate and unfair. it is also like every single person was like hey you got a haircut and i was like no i didn't um, <laughs> No, actually actually i didn't <laughs> even though i did i very much did but i uh last time i got a haircut and then went to work nobody said anything so i didn't expect anything this time but like people were coming up to me who i don't even really know being like hey you got a haircut nice i'm like okay you guys wow. really hated my long hair, huh?
0: Did, uh, did did Jess, like, break into your computer's IT department and send out, like, a company-wide memo of, like, please make, p- please make my boyfriend feel better and comment yeah. on his hair?
1: She <laughs> likes my hair. I think I'm the only one who is like, wow, I miss having long hair, even though i look way better without it.
0: Um, Autumn keeps referring to you as Chris Ragnarok. I, haven't t- I have not told you this for a while, and I kept meaning to you, but I kept forgetting because uh, she said that you're going through the same transformation that Thor has gone through in the last three... <laughs> Thor
1: movies. I don't think st- I've ever been felt more complimented in my entire life.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the trailers for Thor Ragnarok. He's got a shaved head, like, yeah. I know yeah, he's got the he's got the the sleek head now. So
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just very honored.
0: Um, let's do let's do the thing.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I was just reading something about Stephen King, and I was going to ask you about like how was it like meeting Stephen King, but you probably don't
1: probably don't even remember. It was good. <laughs> Guy shows up wearing dungarees, not jeans. Dungarees. dungarees. Wow. You know, you know there's a
0: difference. I do, and there <laughs> it's it's the difference between a functional human being and like a 70-year-old rider that barely leaves yeah. his house. Yeah, dude shows up <laughs>
1: in in, a, in dungarees in a t-shirt with a pocket. You know, he's got the he's got the breast pocket on his t-shirt. Just in just comfortable sneakers. Comes up, and he sits in a chair, and then he just talks some shit. Uh, His son quizzed him on, like, Stephen King trivia, and he did not get all the questions right. Mm -hmm. Did I already tell you about uh, the story uh, of him? someone yelling at him in a a supermarket? No, I don't think so. So, yeah, I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but he, he was at a supermarket in Florida where he has a second house um because he's a very just like normal dude he doesn't obviously like make to make a big fuss out of anything um so he just goes to the supermarket gets his food like every other regular person and this lady came up to him in one of those like motorized scooters and like zipped right up to him and was like hey i know who you are and he was like okay lady sure so you're stephen king you write all those awful scary books i don't like that stuff that's like what going off i don't it's dark and it's awful and it's bad for people you know what i like i like uplifting stories happy stories stories like the Shawshank redemption those are the kind of books that i like (laughs) you should write something like that and he's like lady i did write that
0: Um, and she's like no you
1: didn't you're a liar and he's like lady that's my book i wrote that and she's like yeah no and then she just like bailed on him and he was like okay what the hell i wrote that book
0: let's get into the next episode why don't we
1: let's do this shit
0: before we do that uh my dog is like looking at me and that i'm about to pee on the floor if you don't take me outside oh, Thing, yeah. so i'm gonna same go do I that did. and uh same your dog is also looking at you that way or you just you just also have to pee on the floor because you have to <laughs> who knows leave the podcast.
1: <laughs> who's to say
0: i'm gonna go take care of her and also get some water and i'll be right back
1: okay bye all right take you outside I've been thinking a lot about what I said about Quidditch last time, and you know what? I think I was being unfair. Um, I've been rereading the first Harry Potter book, and it's pretty much all like clearly laid out right in front of you. Um, it's just it's the magical world of Harry Potter. Who am I? Who am I to judge that? You know, but um, I'm not here. I'm not here to talk about Harry Potter because I already ta- I already did that for two weeks, and it's, I think it's time to change topics. So I'm going to talk about a different kind of wizard. And that is uh, a wizard called Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Uh, now, you guys, you guys, I don't need to tell you guys this. You know that the wizards in Lord of the Rings aren't just dudes who learn how to do magic. It's not, you know, it's not Harry Potter style. They, these are, I believe there's there's four um, or five. There's five wizards, I think. I don't really know. We got uh, we got Gandalf the Grey. We have Saruman the White. We got Radagast the Brown. And then there's the two blue wizards who don't get named very often now. the I believe they're all angels. Maybe you guys can correct me. Like not like Castiel angels. Well, maybe kind of like Castiel angels. So basically, Castiel and Gandalf are the same person. And here's what I'm pitching you guys: is on it's a new fan fiction from me, Chris, uh, where Castiel is secretly Gandalf, and he helped he helped Frodo drop the. This is really this is really stupid, but I'm just going with it. Castiel and Gandalf are the same person and let me tell you why he loves Dean now why does he love Dean because if you guys will remember from the Lord of the Rings films you might not, not, not have noticed it in the book because Tolkien's a very dense writer but you will have noticed in the films Castiel uh, I mean excuse me Gandalf has quite a, an affection for Dean all throughout it he's constantly saying let's oh, take the ring to Mordor uh, we must you know resist the power of the ring we, we have to save Dean we have to go back to the Impala you'll notice throughout the film he's he's saying this Uh, and that's why I believe that I don't know (laughs) I really uh, really hope Jeremy cuts all this out I know he's not going to because it's not very funny so everybody's just gonna think that I'm suffering from some sort of breakdown (laughs) because I can't think of anything funny to say but anyway Wizards in the Lord of the Rings are angels